0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong, with my co-host. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And we have a very special guest on today. Introduce yourself.
2: Hi, I'm uh, Brian David Marshall. I'm the Pro Tour historian, and uh, I write the column "The Week That Was," and uh, I'm a commentator on the Pro Tour
1: and an all-around awesome dude. I think I see you more than I like talk to my parents these days because you know it's through (laughs) coverage and all this other stuff. It's great. It's great, you and Marshall. And and like, not not creepy at all. (laughs) Not creepy at all.
0: No, it's true. Uh, Super excited to have you, BDM. Yeah, we're big fans, and you do so much in this community, so it's great that uh, you come on our show and talk a little bit about EDH. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about, um, well, first off, your role as the Pro Tour historian slash commentator and and writing the column and how you got involved with Magic, like, briefly?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, uh, I've I've been involved with Magic for uh, about... As long as Magic's existed at this point. Got involved with Magic just as a player uh, around the release of Unlimited. Started running Magic tournaments. uh, uh, Just past the 20-year anniversary of the first Magic tournament I ran in New York City. Oh, nice. uh, which was November 12th, 1994. We gave away a set of Arabian Nights. Oh, that would <laughs> that'd be good to win. Yes. Be good we to allowed win. people to pre-register with internet email for our tournament. Oh
1: my gosh, you were on the cutting edge. <laughs> you guys were on <laughs> we the won. cutting edge. We
2: were. we were, we were ahead of some Grand Prix you know. <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah, to this day. I, yeah.
2: 95 <laughs> started a store called Neutral Ground here in New York, kind of the first of its kind. It was a tournament center. So it was like instead of being a store where you could go play games, it was a place where you played games that also had a store. So we were like a 5,000 square foot tournament center oh, in wow, Manhattan, up on yeah. the fourth floor. You know, We had some of the game's greatest players come through our doors, uh, multiple Hall of Famers, Steve O'Money, Schwartz, V. Moshewitz, John Finkel um'm gonna I've, be forgetting I, people. I might have heard you of know, pickle. yeah <laughs> Dar- Darwin Castle Rob Doherty Dave Humphreys would come down from Boston to try to steal our PTQ slots all the time Oh, nice you know so it was like uh, it, it was a, pre- a pretty big deal I did that up until the early 2000s when I sold the store to move on to other things which were more creative. I was invited by Aaron Forsyth to write for the website
0: yep. Daily MTG. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Daily MTG started writing for the website. Started doing, was playing at a couple of pro tours that I did not do very well at. And someone was like, "Hey, do you want to do coverage?" Started doing coverage. What year? Years. What year was that? That was uh, two thousand two, two thousand three, two thousand two, I think. So you've been doing Boston. coverage for been, about twelve, 12 years, years now. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I was doing coverage for my own events before that on the Neutral Ground website. Mm-hmm. We used right. to run something called the Grudge Match. And so, you know, I've been doing that, been around the game and, and been a student of the game for, for a long time. And uh, when the Pro Tour Hall of Fame was created in 2005, uh, I was a part of putting that together and sort of curating that institution, at the, although it's not a physical place, uh, but, you know, really writing uh, the profiles for all the players, uh, finding, you know, curating the, the stats and, and, and what it meant to be in the Hall of Fame, and uh, and re- really the, the historian title refers. You know, people are like, can you tell me what deck was played in this? No, that's that's not my, that's not what I. Do.
0: <laughs> that's not what the historian part means. <laughs>
2: that's not that's it's 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 kind of. You're not like, an
0: encyclopedia, a, yeah.
2: It's a Google it, dude.
0: I'm,
2: yeah. uh, um, you know, it's a slight misnomer. It, it really is like basically the 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 caretaker for the Hall of Fame. So nice. pretty and, yeah
0: that's pretty important job pretty prestigious I mean you really and it's
2: my favorite part of the year is actually getting to introduce like these players that I've been watching play you know be part of the presentation of them getting their Hall of Fame rings and showing them this little short film that we make for each one of them uh, favorite part favorite part of the year for me
0: very cool I've seen some of the video of the induction ceremonies uh, yeah, online that's actually, that's you can de- awesome. you can definitely find them on YouTube uh, they're pretty cool so BDM what is your uh, Twitter account just uh, so people know
2: uh, at top eight games.
0: Nice, and that's the number eight not yeah the number eight, yeah, the number eight,
2: T-O-P, the number eight, games.
0: Nice. Who is top, and why did he eat games? Oh, he's <laughs> hungry. He's a hungry, hungry Games hippo. Dean? Did he eat Games Dean? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. did. Uh,
2: not, not, please do not follow Top 8 James. It is Top, <laughs> <laughs> it is top 8 Games.
0: <laughs> and uh, let's talk about something exciting you've got going on. Uh, you've got a Kickstarter campaign going on. Do you? Yes. Yeah. yeah and this will definitely in interest the- Magic fans.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this 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 is a game called uh, Emergence Genesis. Uh, Emergence is a superhero universe I created uh, before. I, before I was actually involved with Magic, I, I was a uh, I had a comic book publishing company and I wrote and edited comics. And so this is this is a fusion of the two great passions in my professional life, which is uh, gaming and you know superhero comics. And uh, we created this universe of characters. The characters have these uh, – superheroes lend themselves so well to gaming mechanics. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs) You know,
2: like the the idea of – class. so we we have four classes of superheroes, you know, superheroes who can create things from other things, so like shape fire into, you know, physical objects, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, characters who are super strong, characters who have speed-based powers – and, and characters who have um, psionic-based powers. Right, So, right. like, you know, mental mm-hmm. uh, acuity and, you know, the ability to control people's minds and stuff like that. And so we, we built the, this game where you play as a, a superhero, an emergent, um, with one of these four classes of abilities. And you try to uh, acquire cards that will let you use your powers most efficiently And what's great about it is a lot of the the card game, the the deck building games that have come out in the past, you're trying to build this deck and like hit a goal. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, I've now done, you know, I've jumped through this many hoops. I win.
1: Dominion's like, I've gotten this many victory points.
2: Correct. And so this game does not care about victory points. The only points it cares about are the life points you are beating out of your helpless (laughs) opponents. Nice. So
0: you actually get to have combat. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's two to four player game. Uh, It's absolutely at its best played with four players. Nice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, you know, very much like a commander game in that sense of, you know, you're all sitting around the table and trying to, you know, beat everyone else while not leaving yourself vulnerable.
0: Right. And are there there politics and social dynamics and things like that? absolutely awesome
2: a- absolutely and uh, you know all the art's gorgeous it's uh like i said just this really gorgeous comic book artwork by a professional superhero comic book artist. yeah the
0: art looks great yeah it um, looks f- looking at on the kickstarter page yeah. it's got a lot of flavor it sounds in kind it. of like a conspiracy draft almost <laughs> a little bit a little bit a little bit, bit interesting there yeah i say that because i love conspiracy drafts
2: so. <laughs> Yeah. yeah no, it's it's definitely its own thing and, and and it's true each each of the characters you play Has their own unique sort of power, base (laughs) power. So, you know, there there are characters that let you draw extra cards, you know, that only you can do because you're that character, or let you destroy cards that are in play, and you know, generate an effect from that, or draw extra cards. So, yeah, each character has this very unique superpower that manifests itself in some sort of uh, card mechanic.
1: Right. Right. That's exciting. I like that, you know, everyone sort of represents their own world. Um, Yeah. And having the, I think four is a really great number for multiplayer. I think four, five, and seven are these sort of magical numbers that work really well. Um, And and I think in in Commander as well, four is the best uh, sort of grouping to play with. It's four to five, you know, so you don't immediately get a 2v1 situation. You often have, you know, equal dynamics of people going at each other. And so... That's very exciting. I think two to four is a really nice yeah. sweet spot for a game like this.
2: And, and if you want, you know, if you if you know, if two people have a copy of the game, you could have you know, four are our, our upper limited four is just a matter a function of how many cards are in the box. Right. But you could certainly take two sets and play you know, play up to you know, eight players if oh, wow. you wanted to. It seems like that would be
1: <laughs> a little crazy wild talk.
2: But you could definitely get into that five You're or six. You're already creating category, some
1: formats you of your game. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, it looks really, yeah. really. It looks really, really cool. Um, again, it's called Emergence Genesis. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Kickstarter. We're gonna have the link on the show notes. If you're watching the video, awesome. the link will be up right now. Look at it and click on it, or you know, go visit. It. And um, yeah, it looks very cool. So it looks like it's right up our alley. Like it's yeah, something that definitely. if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably gonna be something that's appealing
1: to yeah. you. So, and if you've never played a deck building game before, it is a whole world of joy. It's just such a fun experience. Uh, I really love deck building games.
2: So yeah, hopefully I'd love you know. Hopefully I'll see you guys at a show. We can play or do you know?
1: Oh yeah, or, absolutely. Or, or,
2: but but I mean we can also play some commander. So I uh, you know that's what we're here <laughs> to talk about, right? That's
1: right, that's right. So fundraising will have finished by the time you guys are listening to this podcast. But that doesn't mean you cannot still donate to it. There's gonna be a big PayPal button on the Kickstarter page, and you can still contribute and be a part of the fundraising.
2: Yeah, and re- and when we talk about fundraising or contributing, you're really you know we're selling you something. We're selling you the game. Yep. Selling you a digital version of the game. Yep uh you know whatever whatever you're whatever you're looking for so you know if it's something that sounds interesting to you when you look at the page we we'd love to get a game in your hands
0: yep kickstarter is amazing going there and like helping somebody accomplish something is a really good feeling that you'll have mm-hmm. i mean it's great to get stuff cuz there are rewards to, based on what your contribution level yeah. is but if you've never done it before i encourage you to go to kickstarter and just check it out and you know yeah, help just help, find help, help somebody do something yeah. because yeah and you know what, like people, you want to encourage people out there, like innovating in the gaming area that you know you're passionate about. And clearly, if you're listening to this, you're, mm-hmm. you're passionate about card games. So this is a good place to go and and show show that support. So yeah. I encourage you to do it. Definitely, awesome. All right, moving on. Do you want to talk about your EDH experience specifically? I know you have experience playing with what we'd consider the founding fathers of the format, and uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about the history of EDH. Uh, on our show yet
2: you definitely need to get sheldon menory on the show
0: yeah we would we'd love to have him maybe you can help hook that up i mean (laughs) (laughs) we
2: we can we can we can make that happen
0: excellent excellent
2: uh Um, sheldon's actually my introduction to the format
0: he's a pretty good one since he's most i mean he's the world's introduction (laughs) to the format yeah yeah
2: he he and you know so going to these events now you know 12 years and uh you'd see people playing some crazy format you'd see mostly judges in the early days of the of the format right. playing this crazy format which initially honestly I was very disdainful of I'm like that's what are you doing what is this <laughs> what well, this is, what abomination. is this six player game you're you're you know you're looking up something online to find a 180 sided die <laughs> so you can <laughs> randomize this warp world and this you know other chaos effect oh, and warp there's world. like Jeez. 100 things on the stack. What are you guys doing? <laughs> and I was I was very disdainful of the format, and really just what well, I'm like I'm not playing this.
1: Right. I can, and, I can uh, and they were like, you know, we why.
2: I'm like we're going to draft you guys go play your commander or EDH <laughs> as it was at the time. Right. And then uh, I was in Japan at a Grand Prix, and Ron Foster is in charge of Grand Prix in Asia. He's he was you know Japanese speaker
1: very right. very original uh, guy
2: big. With the Japanese magic community, we're out there and he he would play host to the coverage staff there. And he was like, Hey, do you want to play, you know, EDH with us? And I'm like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I've never
2: really played. And he's like, Well, I have this Momir Vig deck.
1: Oh, nice. Momir
2: Vig. I mean, I, I do like blue green. And uh, so I flip through the deck. I see a bunch of my favorite cards. I play and, uh, I don't know, a little while later, I'm casting spitting image every turn on (laughs) a Yavomaya Elder that I'm sacking to get two lands, one of which I'm playing, one of which I'm using to retrace a copy of spitting image on my (laughs) Yavomaya Elder, (laughs) until I can set up like four turns of buyback on uh, my, you know, the buyback time walk where you're sacking islands.
0: And your buddy's sitting there the whole time going, got him. Got yeah, him, yeah, yeah yeah
2: no they he 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 got me so, so you're saying you
1: like you like to play with power
2: <laughs> I like blue green yeah uh, honestly I mean that's really that's really my thing I'm, I'm wearing a sim t-shirt even right now as we're <laughs> talking for just happened to be because that's uh, mostly what I wear um so yeah I got I got second I immediately built my version of the Vig deck uh which was my first my introduction to the format mm hmm and built my version of it, you know. So I was like, "Oh, this—what what is he? Why is this here?" You know, the, the same uh-huh. thing everyone says when everyone looks at a, a commander deck. Yeah, like, why, right. Why are you playing with this card? Why aren't you playing with this card? <laughs> you know, and I so I built my, you know, my white, this card version. Uh-huh. And uh, I still have that deck built to this day. I have a custom altar of my commander that Eric Klug did.
1: Oh, nice, clever. You know, Pizaris. I have this. You
2: know, I have the whole deck. You know, not tricked out crazy but you know i've got a lot of really nice foils in there and you know you know grand prix stamped cards and you know i'm constantly you know tweaking it and tuning it and you know that was that was my introduction to the format and i have about four decks now oh yeah
0: four wow yeah that's a good amount i I like to say that i don't think somebody's actually an edh player until they have at least two decks yeah yeah you're well you're well into it now yeah oh
2: yeah no i'm 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 (laughs) collecting i have a stack of cards for a fifth deck uh, that I need to get down from about 300 cards <laughs> down Join to, to 99. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: I have stacks a- on top of my dresser, and they're like, about nine like stacks of three or four hundred cards. That like, well, that's going to be yeah. a deck eventually, and that's going to be a deck eventually, <laughs> and that'll be a deck eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: building. I'm building a Brago deck right now.
1: Oh so nice. yes,
0: that's 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 number five. You got to get uh, Marshall to build a
1: second deck because uh, you know then he can I be know. a true. I know Marshall EDH is, is quite attached to his Animar deck though, so he 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 can keep that one. He just oh, needs he another is one. excellent, excellent. I uh,
0: he
2: he he has actually. Um, should anything happen to me, you know how people do make arrangements for their kids if yeah. they should die. And they select. <laughs> if anything should happen to me, he is actually um, knows that he's supposed to take care of my Sidisi deck.
0: Wow, so, that, that is he was, an honor. He actually did brag to me that he helped you build it. So yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, Marshall, if you're listening, sorry, I I, I, I let that out.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, we we uh, we both we both have a. Uh, A strong love for uh, graveyard uh, mechanics and a certain spider spawning card. I actually, well, yeah, spider
0: spawning was like uh, something you guys are known for from Innistrad draft. Mm -hmm. uh, You specifically, so I mean, we're gonna talk about it later. I don't want to ruin it, but um, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, definitely very. So, so I mean, you're in this position where you're traveling all over the world. You're uh, surrounded by Magic players from you know from all over the place. Uh, You know, people you don't know. Uh, Do you do you get to play a lot of EDH in those circumstances?
2: Yeah, you know I I play I play quite a bit. I you know I probably play you know at like at an event like Worlds Week which I was mm-hmm. just at. I probably played Oh boy, we actually didn't play as much magic as we normally would. I probably played about 6 or 7 commander games while I was there. Yeah, that's still nice.
1: quite a bit. Hey, yeah, that's like, yeah. you know, wait, at wait, least wait. 12 hours of gameplay. <laughs> Did any of the pros at Worlds play EDH? I, I mean, we Oh, yeah, this is actually a question in our experience like they don't
0: play EDH very much the the pro players. You know
2: what, there there are, there are some there are some who ha, who will play
0: but sort not even like
2: but no, not even begrudgingly. <laughs> like I've I've definitely I've definitely my, my momir deck is is pretty sweet and it does a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and it's it's really unassuming i think if you look at it in terms of being a power deck it's got like probably five or six cards that are just able to take over a game <laughs> but like it's it's all just like play this card put an extra land into play draw extra cards you know it's it's all just like incremental advantage all the time yeah you know lots of two four and so i'll be playing that and you know you'll see you know we we, we got dave williams into commander
1: Ooh, wow you really know, he,
2: he was he was he was, was watching you know he sheldon and scott were working on him for a while and then he was watching me play with my deck and he was like oh this is
1: sweet this is sweet <laughs> see? it's like i could only dream of this i get yeah. it it all makes it was like, sense it was now
2: <laughs> Because it's sort of it's sort of like an all-star game, right? Like it's like these are these are my favorite, when you build a commander deck, it's not just because you have some degenerate thing you want to do with a commander. It's (laughs) I mean for some people that's what they for some people that's what they but really for I mean certainly for me No, I
1: think it's majority in this case for sure.
2: I wanna play with these cards that I love, these strategies that I love.
1: Yeah, these things you remember
0: from before and you know, these cards that give you a good sense of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of people build decks that way.
2: I mean, there's a ton of semi cards now, but at the time that I that I got started with Momir, it, it was really not a ton of stuff. So, like, being able to put together a deck that was, you know, blue-green, which was something I sort of self-identified as, a, you know, a magic player through my whole career, you know, mm-hmm. kind of always mm-hmm. where I've gone. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to play with all my favorite blue-green cards. I had, you know, and there's been a ton of cards that have rotated in and out. But, you know, Coiling Oracle,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, it's <laughs> probably, like,
2: the first card that went in there. But also all the, you know, I have people like, oh, I because I have Wall of Blossoms, Carvin' Carry Added, and Jungle Barrier all in that deck. <laughs> right? You know, it's like walls that draw me a card. W-
0: or make mana. Attack, some, yeah.
2: attack someone else. You know, I'm fine here. You know, I'm going to send you guys in another direction and I'm just going to sit here and craft my hand. Leave me alone.
1: Yeah, I definitely, that's how I start, I think, every EDH game, which is just like, just just look the other way for a couple of turns. <laughs> just don't even worry about it. Right. Now, yeah, I
0: think that's a big thing when building, especially your yeah. first or second. Like my Tim deck that I talk about all the time but we haven't broken down is basically like a callback to when I very first started playing Magic and, you know, prodigal sorcerer was like this awesome card still and is still, still is.
2: yeah i was just gonna say
0: yeah and so <laughs> you know the idea of building a an EDH tim deck was very much just a nostalgia exercise for me mm-hmm. is like can i build a hundred card singleton deck that's a tim deck so you know and the answer and the answer is definitely yes <laughs> definitely now is You're, it awesome no but uh, my commander is actually riku just because i need those colors because okay. I need blue and red for
1: sure for all the pingers. And then, sure. yeah, and then I need... Um, Josh builds in a very specific way, which is usually not actually based around the commander half not the time. usually. Yeah, half the time, I'd say. About yeah. half my decks, the commander's just allowing me to play colors. Because I'm like <laughs> you, BDM. I want to play
0: my favorite cards, yep, you know, yep. and my favorite synergies. And, you know, Five I don't, colors. <laughs> so and I don't always care well. what the commander's doing as long as he's letting me build. You know, i just yeah. using it as a 99-card constructed deck. Um sure. So when you've come into contact uh, with you know playing with strangers and stuff, I know uh, we talked earlier that there's you know the subject we're going to go into um, is power level etiquette, yeah. and it's
1: probably the most discussed thing about the format, uh, or the most controversial thing, or the thing yeah. you get asked the most. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely the first thing that comes up when someone has an objection to the game. It usually has to do with something about this or surrounding the idea of what this is going towards.
0: Right. So, right. and it was something you brought up, BDM, and something you wanted to talk about. And, you know, I think you specifically mentioned that when you're playing with 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 people you don't know, it can be a real moving target as far as like what the power levels of mm-hmm. everybody's deck Decks is, are, yeah. or what even what the power levels of their deck is expected to be. Right. Right. So, well, well
2: generally, generally, you're gonna play with a similar. Right, I assume you guys play with the same. People mm-hmm. for the most part, right?
0: In general, yeah, I'd say EDH people have a play group they play with. Right. You know, Jimmy and I, as we've started to do the cast and we've become part of the community, uh, we've played with a wider array of people and we'll be at the GP and people will come and want to play and things like that. And and we've definitely become more exposed to what you're talking about, which I'm assuming you're exposed to all the time, which is, right. you know, being around so many different groups of folks. Um, it's just this, like, you don't know. Like, you sit down right. and everybody's like, you got a commander deck, you pull it out. And it's like, dude could be running something that literally will kill you in three turns and destroy <laughs> your land on turn 4 and right. this other guy could, that that's at the same table could be playing something where like he doesn't even really know ha- have a win condition in the whole deck cuz he doesn't care about that right you know right. Right. and and so it's a it, it's a, it's one of those things that i think it can cause a lot of frustration what has been your experience with you know power level etiquette you know in, in the in the groups that you've that you've run in
2: so so i i got you know, I built that Momir deck. Mm-hmm. I play, and I'm like, all right, Scott, Sheldon, guys, I'm ready to come play with you guys. You know, I'm ready to mm-hmm. get in a game. And we play. And with the guys that my...
0: like it popularized the format, no yes. less.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I played and I'm like, oh, haha. And I'm going to do this thing now. And I'm going to, you know, play a, pri- a primeval titan. I'm going to go get a, you know, moss warp bridge and a. <laughs> You know, you know, whatever. And now I'm going to, you know, tutor a card under my Warp bridge. Okay, I'm going to play the card from my Warp bridge. I'm going to attack with my what you call primeval Titan. I'm going to pick up my Warp bridge with my Simic growth chamber that I get with my guy, you know, and I do all this stuff. And then a turn later, I've got everyone under locked under Brian Elemental and Vesuvan Doppelganger.
0: Right, and they're just... Right. And what was and their like, response to that?
2: Con- congratulations, you win. We're going to sit here and play a game now, and you <laughs> and-, and you can bask in your victory by yourself.
0: Very interesting. Right? It's actually, yeah. You know, that situation is like super common, especially when people enter the format, especially when they're pros or spikes
1: or people that are good at magic you know or just have had enough time to research the meanest thing they can or just the the most you know the big the biggest they they can go you know right yeah it's just the natural way to go right is to just make the most powerful thing you can make heck yeah right because that's
0: what seems fun about the format at first that's mm-hmm. what it seems like you want to do um it's pretty right. funny that they reacted the same way like Like these are the guys that basically invented the format right? and they reacted the same way that a lot of people would react at your local LGS. Yeah.
2: Right. Well, I mean, they, I mean, for them and especially for Sheldon who like, you know, so he invents this format while, you know, in, in the military in Alaska, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know, as a way to play magic and this kind of long form magic with his friends.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. You know, this
2: real way to like meaningfully, Pass some time with your friends, right? Right, and, that's
1: not just about you know, like making sure you have a two drop into your three drop and killing them by turn seven with you know when you have twenty life or whatever one on one.
2: Right, it's it's about right, it's about finding really cool cards, cards that you've never played with before, and like making your friends go, "Wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do I? How do? Okay, hold on, hold on, I have a response, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you right, know, yeah. I mean, really. Honestly, let's let's be truly honest, right? The format is about judges wanting to go. Hold on, I have a response. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah That's why it was
0: created by judges. <laughs> yep.
2: uh, so, so, you know, I mean, for me, I've 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 been sort of, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I need to sort of recalibrate my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, even to this day, if I really get mad at someone, I can just kind of win with my Momir deck,
1: right? it's <laughs> you know, similar to marshall's of, I, you piss me off i'm just aiming straight for you i'm going
2: yeah um, you know it's the the deck the deck has you know i mean because ultimately your commander is a tutor on a stick right um you can generally find some permutation of cards that's just gonna bounce everyone's permanence or yep. lock the board down or you know counter spell everything they do forever and ever um right you know and and you know and 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 you know I've I've taken a lot of that out. Dead Eye Navigators out of the deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had moved Primeval Titan and Sylvan Primordial out of the deck before they were
0: right. Yeah, tell the tr- tell the truth. Are you the reason that they banned Sylvan Primordial?
2: <laughs> I I would be shocked if. I wasn't. <laughs> we're just—we're just, just going just
0: to mark I that down. I mean, you're the historian, yeah, so true. You know, it's true. that's just—that's just truth from now on. You're the reason. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I about five minutes after the card was printed,
0: <laughs> you're like,
1: <laughs> "Get I'm this like, hey, in, guys!
2: Look, it's Dead Eye Navigator and Self and Primordial. Are we
0: having fun. <laughs> Let me introduce you to my friends.
1: Are you having fun yet? Is anyone having fun yet? I'm having fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That that um. That process that you've gone through, I think we've all gone through, Um right. Of of making a deck, uh, you know, the first deck you make, and then you go online, and you find all the best cards, or you go to your LGS, or mm. you look through your collection, and you just make this like extremely powerful deck, and then you sit down with your friends, and yeah, it does exactly what it's supposed to. It blows the crap out of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. And oh. then you sort of be like, oh, nobody liked that in A, and it, it wasn't as fun for me. Yeah. And then you actually go back to the drawing board, make another deck, or retune that deck. You actually retuned your original deck. It sounds like, and yes, yeah, and and you sort of bring it to, um, you know, a power level that can still win, mm-hmm. but is fun for everybody. It's interesting because we had Jason Alt uh, from Brainstorm Brewery on here last episode, and he talked about uh, what he coined the seventy-five percent theory, right. which was basically this idea that like. The, the sweet spot or the wheelhouse that you want your EDH deck to be in is, like, 75% as powerful as maybe it could be. Right. So that it could have a chance against those A-plus decks, but it
1: doesn't just destroy all the... Right, or cause an entire table to turn on you, I think, is, is right. part of it as well. Right, Because everyone is... Ultimately, you're still out there to win. Um, it, it,
2: Although there is there is something kind of fun about being the villain sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. yes, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Speaking. Of I mean, that, I like
0: what I like what you said about like, hey, sometimes the deck can still just destroy everybody. Blow someone out of the water. Yeah. yeah, and I think we've talked about this before, which is like, I have a couple of decks that, like, if I've just lost five in a row, or if you know, <laughs> or if somebody just played a Blood Moon on me the game before, then like you're gonna get it with one of my good decks. Like, right. you know, that's just like, and and, and in fact, in, within our play group, they know like if they play a Blood Moon,
1: oh yeah, There's that's n-
0: fine. But I'm gonna meta you out. I'm going to just. <laughs> That, then you're my enemy for like the next three t- times we play. Yep, because yep. I ha- that's the only way I can combat that card. Yeah. You're not moving I, on to I,
1: another I, opponent. You're sticking with it. Yeah.
2: I, I have a funny story about that actually because uh, so it's the last night of Worlds where we're all just hanging out and I end up getting into a game with Craig Gibson who's the photographer for the Pro Tour.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah. Myself, I usually see him bouncing around the tables.
2: Uh, Nate Holt
1: uh-huh.
2: from Walking the Plains. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this little kid. Really? And the little kid is Mark Rosewater's nephew. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Little <laughs> kid who's also magic royalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Josh. And so we, we start Good playing, name that and everyone's kid. playing, and Josh is like, I'm gonna do something, but I think people are gonna be mad at me. <laughs>
1: you know? How old, the old is Intuition Josh? on so he, <laughs> this kid.
2: And so he plays Magus of the Moon.
1: Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yep.
2: And just like just Blood like locks the game out. You know, and then proceeds the next turn to cast a Goblin Recruiter, stack his deck, you know, and just kill everyone. It was like, oh, you could have just done that and we'd have been equally pissed at you, right?
1: (laughs) But he just had to have the the point. He had to have the Magus
2: so he could know, you
1: know, he knew knew the coast
2: was clear. Yeah, right. right. The exclamation point before the sentence. And I'm like, man, this is really difficult for me because I've taken a blood vow (laughs) that whenever someone plays a Blood Moon or a Magus of the Moon against me, the next time we play...
0: I have to utterly stomp them. BDM, you are my blood brother. I didn't know there was anybody else out there that did that, man. I do
1: that every time. They know it. Like, you should be careful how you're using the word blood, uh, though. I mean, BDM. you're kind of putting yourself in the same game. Dude, you're my yeah, hero yeah. now. Dude, I didn't great. know that.
2: So the kid's like, oh, you guys probably don't want to play again. I'm like, oh, no. Let's oh, play no. again.
0: Yeah. Let's run it back. Hold on. I got to switch decks. Yeah.
2: No, I didn't, I didn't switch decks. I just, I just. You just refocused. Like, I my mission. Yeah, you're, so you like,
1: had a new purpose. <laughs>
2: So I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I'm sorry. I'm Sometimes I'm bad with, can you just pronounce your name again for me? I'm trying to remember <laughs> how to pronounce it correctly. And he's like, Josh? I'm like, yes. I attack
0: Josh. <laughs> wow. So, if BDM will do this to a kid, just think of what it'll do to you. So let that be a lesson to anybody who's listening who's like, going to he, play.
1: He,
2: he loved it. He had a oh, great time. yeah. It's
1: pretty bet. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the sheer fact that he was like, hold on. I I, I have a feeling. It's like, yeah. all right, I got it. <laughs> I think that strategy right there is really effective in a playgroup. Um, yeah, that's kind of the reason that PLA or power level etiquette exists is because right. of the reaction. And it's because you're playing more than one game. But usually. I think why it's not as much of an issue within a playgroup, a
0: tight play playgroup that plays together a lot, because, I mean, really honestly, like Blood Moon in our
1: group is way, like, people won't even play it out of their hands. Because, yeah, I, I have mulliganed hands with Blood Moon because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still in the deck and I'm playing Josh. <sighs> All right ship it <laughs> yeah because it's like i can play it and i might win this game but man that then just josh and i are gonna lose the
0: next seven games like you yeah because he won't care like you know <laughs> but that's something you can do in in a in a play group that you can't do when you sit right. down with strangers um a strategy i've heard people use um is that they literally like ask around mm-hmm. the table when everybody sits down like hey is everybody playing like really powerful stuff should i get my powerful deck out right you know or like yeah
2: but people have weird no,
1: notions yeah, they, about yeah yeah I was going yeah. like to say yeah they people will be like
2: well you know what I'll let the game go on for a while and then I'll just you know start chaining together time walks and <laughs> you know attacking with narset right. and you, you know and it's like, mm, yeah. I mean, it's just because you don't do anything for a few turns doesn't mean your deck's not the powerful deck. Just because right. you let
0: the de- the game go to turn eleven doesn't mean that your deck's right, less right. powerful. Bla- yeah, yeah. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm calling out Blake Rasmussen here from <laughs> from, from Daily MTG. Like, yeah, like
1: Blake he PR. just. I
2: mean, he has a lot of different decks, but he's he's the time walk guy in our group. Uh, You know
1: what I mean? He loves. It he loves is
2: time warp, time stretch, everything.
1: It is such. A beautiful feeling, though. <laughs> what, when you take every turn and everybody's just watching you? Yeah. I mean, it is. It's it great. Is. It is.
0: <laughs> we all have done it. But you took that deck apart. I know you did. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It was used to be
1: Jaleva for me, which was like, let's just win, or let's just spend some time on me for a second. It was very diva. (laughs) A diva move. Yeah. It's like, hey guys, let's focus on me. It's either me or your phones, but you need to make a choice because it's about to start. (laughs) It's me or your phones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, something I think that's important to say is that like in those situations, I'm usually the guy at the table that's like, hold on, let Jimmy do his thing. Like he built his deck. He built his deck and he spent, like, hours doing this and looking up cards and finding the perfect things and whatever, right. like, you know, there's also that aspect of it I don't want people to forget, which is, like, you know, you're sitting down with people to have fun playing a game, and, yeah, there's this moment and they just kind of feel bad because they lock you out of the game and they take 12 turns or whatever, but also, like, That guy, that's what he built his deck to do. Yeah. Right. And so, like, you can give a gift to somebody by just not being a, like, acting like a spoiled child in that situation. Be like, cool, man, that is pretty cool. You're taking 12 turns around. You're killing everybody. Like, I'll let you do it. Yeah. You know, now if they're doing it all the time, that's a little bit different. But, you know, I think people react like harshly sometimes in a situation where it's like, hey, man, like, you know, sometimes my deck accidentally goes infinite and I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
1: You know, and it's it's like, okay, well, I'll just
0: win now, you know, and it's like,
1: Yeah. Very uh, often I find half... at some point in the game, fifty percent of the players are more than happy to just scoop it up and start over. You know, yeah. in a lot of EDH games, it just finds that you're in just in that that weird position where it's like, uh, it's it's like bordering. We're right on the tippy top of this ledge, and it's about to become unfun real fast if just one or two things happen. So I find that people like to hit the bail button, just like eject. Like someone go infinite, just do it. You know, don't don't durtle if you, if it's gonna happen, let's let it happen, and then we can p- potentially play against that the next game or we'll figure out a way to make the game more fun and the game itself evolves from one to the other which mm-hmm. is so
2: Right. but there's also the option to say i'm going to take three turns and then i could continue to do this but let's play the game
1: right right I've, right
2: I've, I've 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 advanced my board i've done all this stuff can you beat you know everyone yeah, hates can you me. beat
1: that yeah, everyone's that coming is great. after me. It's it is like the arch enemy kind of, you know, you set yourself yeah. up at the top and that's why I love, of course, Marchesa and the whole Dethrone mechanic, because it is essentially forcing an interaction like that. Right. Well, what pisses you off the most outside the Blood Moon? Because land destruction is my number one. I just can't handle mass land destruction. <laughs> I bet I, I bet land destruction
0: doesn't piss BDM off that much. Because uh, and this is a theory, you you're gonna prove me right or wrong here, but right. no, people I can... who started the game when BDM and I started playing the game. <laughs> understand yeah, we were just desensitized to to it like very oh. early on it was like in early magic uh I, you know around beta and like it was like a legitimate super powerful mm-hmm. strategy and nobody even thought that it was mean i mean it was just one of the strategies yeah had. yeah yeah so well, i started playing an I, I, I don't know if i'm right bdm how do you feel about land destruction <laughs> I, i'm
2: not i'm not you know i i don't i don't mind land destruction yeah see uh I mean, <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's not always super fun but you know i've definitely played will bender in all my blue decks just so i can send a uh, dust ball back at itself yeah
1: <laughs> nice nice you know there's nothing
2: quite as fun as that will
1: yeah. bender does have that amazing he used to be the only morph you would ever play in an edh deck and now that cons is out that, is, that i think that's changed a little bit <laughs>
2: oh man i i, I have I, I my blue decks generally have four or five morphs
1: so. oh excellent bdm's I mean, a I've sneaky got, guy i've got the
2: Brian elemental i've got the shape Shift, yeah. oh yeah yeah i'll try to get fathom Seer in there whenever possible
1: and you're throwing Ixodron in so everyone else can join the fun right
2: oh yeah
1: Ixedron. oh Ixodron Ix,
2: oh, is my favorite <laughs> oh like, god <laughs> people just don't even know still like that, I know that exists
0: <laughs> well they, yeah. they have, it's in the new they monocolor
2: they're like all right, so if I kill exodron my creatures turn nope. back
1: no. Nope, nope, Sorry, no. man. It's funny no. that, I, that I despise land destruction, but I'm all about Ixadron. Um, Ixadron yeah, it, doesn't it is, actually is, destroy anything. Yeah, exactly. Well, it does destroy something. It's called your dreams and hopes, <laughs> usually.
2: Yeah, it, it is, is amazing. I mean, if you ever played against the Sliver deck... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> With with Ixadron, you know they're like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I've got everything going. Next yeah. turn, I untap and I steal every creature in the game. And you're like,
0: Exodron.
1: That's <laughs> uh, wonderful. It's pretty
0: awesome. Yeah, it's like humility. That's my. Yeah, uh, it's true. The, you the know, I did cards. I
1: did start playing an Unlimited, and land destruction was a thing. But I think I just equally didn't it wasn't, like it back then.
0: Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It like specifically like beta. Well, yeah. Unlimited. Yeah, I guess so. It, it got. There. It was very. Yeah, because I don't... Land destruction doesn't bother me. Yeah. Infinite combos don't bother me. Um, Infinite combos definitely tro- tro- don't bother me. Troll cards bother me. <clears throat> so what do you... Uh, what do you what like
2: An- Ankh of Mishra. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like, like stuff that's just like... Dude, ankh
0: of Mishra. What? That's one of Josh's favorite pet I cards. I love that card. I don't actually even have it in any age AH deck, but I yeah, want to. just
2: it's it's. Right. I mean, I don't mind the card outside of of Commander, but in Commander, it's just weird to me. Like <laughs> you're like, we're all gonna play, and then I'm like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play an ankh of Mishra, then I'm gonna play Zuzu. Uh, <laughs> my, like my a
0: Zuzu.
2: It's kind of like a my pet peeve is actually though monocolored decks in general in Commander.
0: Really interesting. Yeah, why is? That? Why I don't is like I, them. I don't. I don't either. But I just want to know why you don't.
2: Uh, I just I feel like there's nothing uh, I feel like they're very far from the original spirit of the format. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which was which was these three colored. dragons, was all it was all, right? the, it
0: was the, all the other red. dragons. Yeah. It was Nicol Bolas, Chromium, Vivictus Asmati, yeah. I forget the other two, but yeah, it was they were all three colored.
2: Yeah, even Sheldon doesn't know the name of the other two. Those Don't are the only,
0: those are the only ones you could use at that at the, that right. time too. You couldn't just right. use any legend. It was only right. the dragons, right? Yeah. Right.
2: And, uh, and and so so it was it was really about like finding these kind of like interesting combinations of cards within these combinations of colors right, right. and and you know and there's and there's a certain amount of tension of you know getting your commander into play getting your you know getting your mana right finding these different kind of combinations of cards and i find that the monocolor decks tend to be super repetitive they do the same thing. I mean, we've all played yeah. against some blue person who's like, and then I will cast my Vendillion Click, who is my commander. And, and, and uh, it's
1: like, okay. Have you ever heard of a 2-2 Drake? Here's Tower. You've,
2: you've taferried me. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I know you feel really smart right now, but I want to punch you in the throat. <laughs> the- it, it's fine if you want to play Sly or, or a mono red deck in a standard format to attack that format. Right. But like to do it in Commander just feels it feels weird and trolly to me, and it doesn't feel. I, I I hate the. I mean, I love the Commander products in general, but I like I I, I hate that there are these wow, mono-colored mono-colored Commander decks, decks, decks that everyone can start out with as a building block.
0: BDMC, I, you're a true brewer, <laughs> you know, because to a brewer, it's just crazy to To be only in one color because yeah, the, it's like why would you rest, why would you purposely restrict yourself? That's why yourself? I don't have a a monocolored deck. Like, well, not just that, but like the way that the color pie works. Mm-hmm. There's no interesting interactions within just one color. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. so. Right. And so, yeah, you're tr- you and w- it, this is well known. I'm not I'm not enlightening anyone out there <laughs> that you're a true brewer, but you know it's it's very. It, I, I I totally understand it. Um. You know, and I get, but I do get why people. I think the number one thing I will say about monocolor decks is if you're new to the format,
1: um, absolutely, it isn't. Yeah, it is a good entry point, and yes. the the consistency and the fact that you are limited to certain things definitely I think helps out someone that may be overwhelmed initially by all of the different interactions. Yes. You know, being able to control right. what you're, what's going on in your own board does help out a lot. But yeah, I, I I can definitely see where you guys are coming from. I'm smiling because I have one mono red deck, and it is my <laughs> chaos slash. Kiki Jiki slash. I just want <laughs> it's to have a really some... good deck, actually. And mono red up until recently was definitely the
0: weakest of the colors. Right? So, yeah, Chaos yeah. Warp is like it's all star, and <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't have a whole lot of of stuff that it. It's of all the colors, it's the most narrow. Yeah, absolutely. So it has the biggest weakness of any of the mono colors. So the goblins would disagree, but moving on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I, I I do like the Ashling deck.
1: Oh yes, Ashling's pretty it, hilarious. 99 mountains, and anyway. one ashling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got 99 mountains and one ashling. We were just Aisling.
0: tweeting with a couple of the other uh, uh, commander podcasts yeah. about that. They were they were some one of them like
1: that's, ordered up see, like two ashlings. That that's trolly, but I think in the best way because it's like Correct. all right, you're playing that one time for uh, that's it you could may as well just take it apart now <laughs> well, you, like, may, you may as well leave it together you don't need any of why, that why stuff. isn't your
2: deck why isn't your deck sleeved
1: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's like you'll you'll find out who doesn't sleeve their commander deck i don't i don't
2: I, actually i I have, I have a couple guys in my play group who who, who like to go bareback back on their uh commander decks oh, oh, really? like, a, like a badge of honor yeah
1: wow that's yeah, that's great have... that does bring back sort of that playground feel of when i first started playing magic whereas like your cards are going on the dirt and on the grass you don't care you're yeah. just playing i mean we yeah. used to put uh rubber bands around ours
0: oh god yeah. that i mean just think I, about that now i and... haven't told this story on the podcast so i'll tell it now really quick because it'll make people this is gonna make people cry but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i fell out of magic for years and years and years and i taught my nephew how to play a, f- a few years back and came back to the game and um I realized at that point, like, holy cow, these cards are worth a lot of money because I was taking my nephew to the um, the cards shop, and in particular, dual lands. Yeah, uh, I looked at and I was like, these are worth a hundred plus dollars. Amazing. Yeah, I had. I was like, back home, I have a collection of over like 150 dual lands. Oof. And so I rush back home during Christmas uh, up to Portland, and I and I go into my parents' basement, and I. Go to where the cards are, and I have boxes and boxes of them that just been sitting in the corner of the basement for you know a decade. And I'm like, oh my, this is like you know 150 dual lands is worth what, fifteen thousand dollars or so? Yeah, you you I hit open your up treasure, bu- your treasure. Yeah, it's like lo- winning the lottery. I open up the boxes, and there had been a flood a few years prior, oh. and the flood had come in by the, through the window right where those cards are sitting, and the whole shelf had been flooded, and you could see the water damage on the box. Before I even opened it. And they're just curled up, split, just beyond repair. There's a Mox Emerald in there, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that's my sad story of well. Yeah. So we didn't treat our cards very and well. And to low. this day, Josh...
1: Double sleeves. He triple sleeves. No, I do not.
0: <laughs> I do not. I do. I,
1: I, I will. Yeah, I'll usually not sleeve. Uh, yeah, but EDH deck's impossible to. Not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, draft deck. Sure, go to town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But that, I like that. That's that's such a pure. I feel like I'm experiencing a whole new realm of 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 Elder Dragon Highlander that I didn't know existed before. Well, I, we also you're making guy, me feel uh, weird. Jimmy.
2: <laughs> we have a guy Kevin who we play with. His big thing is a white bordered commander deck. Oh,
0: oh, that is so cool. Actually, why does. That was one of the things I was really surprised about when I came back to the game was like how much hate there is for the whiteboarded stuff. Oh right, just the yeah the old stuff. People so. just bag on the whiteboard. Yeah, stuff. I yeah. think it's cool. Well, they're
2: ugly. Yeah. but he but he but he's like I you know, he wants that aesthetic. I like. Yeah, that. I think Sulkanar is his commander. He's got a whiteboarded Sulkanar,
0: the Swamp King. Nice.
2: Yeah, and then he's uh, from Chronicles. You know, and, it would have to be right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then he's got all these kind of weird cards in there, and like he won the first game we played against him because he had Zur's Weirding.
0: Zur's Weirding.
1: Uh oh. I
2: see. you need you need to go look this one up. Probably.
1: Hold yeah. on,
0: hold on. Let's let Jimmy look it up.
1: I'm Jimmy guessing it's Z- skills. Zer's weirding. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. Three in the blue for an enchantment. Uh, it looks like there's I just a drag. weird naked guy on the sixth edition one. <laughs> Players play with their hands revealed. Okay. Oh yeah. Whenever I a know. player would draw a card instead reveal it, any other playmate pay two life. I have so to put that my card into its owner's graveyard. If no one does, that player then draws the card. <laughs> that's <laughs> so
0: you just pay two life every time somebody draws a card that is to, certainly can do it?
1: a certainly a weirding yeah if that may, yeah that's yeah
2: and he had like <laughs> i think he had an ivory tower in play so he's gaining life. so he had the ability so to just, just really just punish everybody punish and then anyone. he had all these ways to get cards into his hand that wasn't card drawing
0: Right, like look at or like Like different wording. Top card in your Mm -hmm. library,
2: if it's put it into your hand. Put it in your hand, yeah,
0: Yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's actually awesome. I like that. It was. I like this, Kevin.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was insane. He had like a force field. He's like, I'm like, why are you playing with force (laughs)
0: field. He's like,
2: I have a white bordered force field. That's why.
0: (laughs) White bordered EDH deck. Oh man, Kevin, you spark of inspiration. Yeah, my mind's already going. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. So. Moving back to our our ple, EDH sure. discussion with BDM, it's a mm-hmm. lot of acronyms. Yeah, lots of them. Um, you know, what do you think are some solutions to you know this this sort of conundrum of like you sit down with people and you don't. I mean, I don't know what's realistic. Like, right. You know, I think Jason Alt's doing a good job, like putting the word out there about sort of power level of what your deck should be, and you know, but you know, I have powerful decks mm-hmm. and I have not so powerful decks, and it's fun to have both. And I don't blame people for having both. It's just when you sit down at a table, how do you know which one to pull out, and how do you know which one everybody right. else is going to pull out? It's p- kind of a problem, and it's a it's an issue with the format. It's definitely something. Th- it's like a it's like a wall the format keeps hitting because I feel like this causes people to not want to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because they don't well, know they don't know what the expectation is.
2: Sure, I I think one of the things you can do is 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 sort of in that situation I I tend to start with my most powerful deck. Uh-huh. like assuming i don't know you know or it's, it's a slightly you know maybe spikier environment I start with my most powerful deck right and again i'll I'll just i i can play that deck in this very kind of i'm gonna develop my board i'm gonna you know play a solid simulacrum i'm gonna play a carbon carry at it mm-hmm. right you know i'm gonna urban evolution I, I just i'm not doing anything
1: i'll get things <laughs> going but nothing's really happening right
2: right and then and then you know and if it's and if the group look, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, everyone here is a little casual. You know, this this deck is clearly still one third of a of a you know pre-constructed commander deck, and this mm-hmm. guy and this guy is just play, you know, is playing a cobalt theme deck. Mm-hmm. And then you, you just say, okay, well, I'm gonna play, I'll 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 play to the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and if people are going to be spiky then you know you're you, you, you know then you start taking some extra turns yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's funny because i do a very similar thing uh in fact we were playing a few nights ago and um you know i'm we're playing and i have a staff of domination in my hand and i can go infinite and win but the game's just not that type of game and so i just made a rule in my
1: head like i can't play the staff of domination this game uh-huh and i just sure. didn't you know, and, and at the end of the game, achievement unlocked. It popped up. You got some gamer points. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but that was just like something I just, just a rule I made. Because that's just not the kind of game I was in. And I didn't yeah. want to turn it into that game. And I was just like, okay, I'll just, diso- this card just doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. that's fine, you know. And I just, I held it in my hand the whole game. And I just, to me, I just wasn't, you know, I just couldn't play it. And And the game was fun. We went, you know, 20 turns. And somebody eventually won. It wasn't me. But right. everybody got to try and do stuff. And nobody had a crazy powerful deck. And so... You know, it worked out good, and I think, you know, that's something people don't do enough. Which is like, yeah, Yeah. you can do stuff, right? But do you really want to? Because you know, the response to it—not just people getting angry, but is going to be like, oh, well, then they pull pull out their powerful decks the next game, and like you can. Do
1: you really yeah. want to escalate the situation? See, now, the, right. the the thing that always throws me off about that is because, it, it, you know, of course not everyone's going to do that. <clears throat> like I said, in fact, I think more people should do it, sort of the self-policing part of the format that you bring into it. The yeah. other problem is that you can sometimes find yourself in the position where you actually, you, you like, by disab- disabling yourself that much, you open yourself up to a even huger gap of I'm going to get you completely out of this game or put behind just because one person, you know, just wants to see the world burn or something. And so, <laughs> and so you, you playing like with Heath Ledger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're like playing with fire, essentially, right. if you're policing yourself, because you could take away something or just sandbag something for one turn that actually affects you in a way that makes the game unfun again. Here's something, though, and, and I think people don't
0: pay attention to this enough. EDH is not about cards. Mm-hmm. It's about interactions and social interactions. And yeah. if you play the game with that belief, then taking a card out of your hand shouldn't disable you very much at all. Right. Because my belief is, like, I should be able to maneuver socially, politically, no matter what the cards in my hand are, to at an advantageous position. Like, that's what EDH is about to me. It's about mm-hmm. the table politics. So taking that card out of my hand shouldn't, shouldn't hurt me that much. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, you do need to play cards and... and, and to win, but you don't actually need to play very powerful cards to win as long as you can get everybody else fighting each other and you're, you know, sitting <laughs> off to the side and like and if you didn't do those things, then you have yourself to blame because you should have been able to, you know, manipulate people because that to me is what the game is about that's your more than the cards that's like your eighth card in your hand when you start the game yeah and it's fun to cycle your cards and do all kinds of cool stuff you know that's part of it but like really to me is like can i get that guy to kill that thing over there that i need him to kill and i can i get can i get that guy to get mad at him for it and go out and attack him (laughs) without them even knowing you know that that to me is the major part of the game
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah i I mean for me for me there is a a deck component though like i think I, i i each of my decks is built with some sort of I don't want. To, I don't want to say maybe a mission, mm-hmm. but with with a with a goal in mind. So you know, with like a thesis statement. Mo- yeah, a thesis statement. Mo- of sorts a thesis. Yeah, absolutely. My my momir deck is 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 sort of my. I love simic. I like doing all these fun things. I like drawing cards. I like you know going through setting up these kind of complex interactions where I'm going to take eventually just have more mana and more cards than you and. You know, eventually cast Praetor's Council and have ninety cards in my hand.
1: And wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> you know, one of those well, guys.
2: <laughs> um, you know, my my uh, I have a Lazav deck, which is completely about being on theme. Right about I, being I, very I, demure. I, no, no, actually, it's just a, it's a mastermind deck. It's about it's a it's a crime deck. Oh. Right. So like everything I had a have an altar done again by Eric Klug of Lazav to look like the cover from a famous crime novel that I love called The Man with the Getaway Face.
1: Ah, oh, very nice. And
2: every single card in there, even the lands, have to be somehow tied to a theme of hard boiled crime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: awesome. Can you can you what like what are some of the cards in there?
2: Uh you know, Batterskull goes in there, That's right? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yep. you know, Underground River's in there, but Underground Sea isn't.
1: <laughs> because, uh, right. you know, yeah. because an
2: underground river feels more crimey to me yeah that um, wow i
1: like the dedication you know, so far there's
2: uh stole you know uh st- what is it stolen identity
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh there's uh you know i don't have the deck in front of me so i can't remember all crazy all the cards but you know it's every every single card in there you know under city informers in there that's
0: awesome um uh,
2: you know so it's it's, it's it goes on it's you know it's a very demure deck it's you know, it has some powerful cards in there, but it's not super powerful. And it's really, to me, it's just about, like, I mean, the big thing, Escape Routes is a card I love. <laughs> That's a great one. So, like, you know, the dream is to set up the, you know, abhorrent Overlord, you know, using the Escape Routes. <laughs> or, uh, you know, the I mean, Dead Eye Navigator is actually still in that deck because... That yeah, actually makes day, a lot of if sense. If the deck he, itself
0: is not that powerful, then did
1: I Navigator is fine. Right. It's yeah, he, he's doing, about, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the cards and when that are he, around him.
2: And when he's driving the Faceless Butcher all around town, <laughs> how can you how can you complain about it? Right. So that's right. that's like you know the mission for that. It's awesome. Deck. Uh, you know, I have like a just a, a stupid green white uh, Selvala deck that's just really just like I'm just gonna play the biggest dumbest fattest thing every turn.
0: It's right. just the Timmy deck.
2: Yeah, it's just the Timmy deck, and like you know if I. If I win, I win. If not, whatever. I don't care. I'm just gonna every turn. I'm just gonna play something big and dumb, and we'll all draw some cards, and we'll all have, you know, yeah. And it's whatever, right? It's it's kind of my most casual deck. Mm-hmm. And then I I have my Sidisi deck, which is my like all in deck. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. it's like I'm gonna do this thing. You know, it's it's built around this like kind of like I want to build this draft deck that I love in Commander. I want to see if I can do that. It's pretty awesome. And. I'm going to be like, honestly, every time I can go for it, I'm going to go for it. And if you can stop me, awesome.
1: Yep. And if you
2: can't stop me, I might just kill you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like my goal is to go in and take someone just like find the player in the at the table who's, you know, prison rules, right? The biggest, meanest player at the table and just like punch him in the face and knock him out of the game. Yeah. Well, so. let's
0: well let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about this deck. Let's get into it here. Um, I'm, well, let's read Sadisi really quick, just for people who um may or may not know. Sadisi is a uh, from Cons of Tarkir, a legendary uh creature, Naga Shaman. She's a three three. She costs one and soul tie. That's black green and blue. Her text is: When Sadisi enters the battlefield or attacks, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. And her second text is, whenever one or more creature cards are put into
1: your graveyard from your library, put a 2-2 zombie creature token onto the battlefield. Oh, right. I love this card. So yeah. one of the more important <laughs> things to know immediately is that Sidisi's first bit of text and the second bit of text are independent of each other. They affect each other, but essentially, if you can get cards into your uh, graveyard, otherwise you are going to trigger her ability. Right, the car-
0: the creature cards that go from your library into your graveyard and make zombies don't have to be off of Sidisi triggers. Correct. So that's right. sort of the big thing. Um, one thing about her mechanic is... She only creates a two-two zombie for how does it work BDM? Because like if you flip over two creatures off of her into the battlefield, you only get one zombie, right?
2: Correct. It it only cares about whether or not a creature went to the graveyard and a package of cards go into the graveyard.
1: Right. Right. So, So
2: if you if you forbidden alchemy, and you you know. Three cards go to your graveyard off the forbidden alchemy and one of them is a creature or three of them are creatures. It doesn't it doesn't care. Right.
0: Right. And forbidden forbidden alchemy, for those that don't know, is two in a blue for an instant. It says, look at the top four cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard and you can flash it back. Correct. So it's kind of like, boy, it's isn't it like uh, Scout the Borders? Yeah. Without flashback?
2: It's kind. Of, it's kind of
0: like Scatapult. Oh, Scatapult yeah, only gets creature. Right? It's a creature or yeah. land. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I'm just trying to use a card that's pretty. Right, right. right it's, now. it's
2: it's actually it's actually very similar to um, Saltai Soothsayer.
1: Right. Yes, there you go. Yeah, you which go. is a, a five a five drop Except that it doesn't really the top four, and you get one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh, now, however, if you do use an ability like a you know like sacrifice a creature, altar of not altar of the brood, uh, um, well that works too. But if you are doing it separately, so that each instance is separate, then you will get multiple. Well, You'll it, get it, one it has for to be each. from your library into your. Yeah, graveyard. yeah it, so it can't no be from play. from play. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So right, right. So it's not right. every
0: creature card in your graveyard. Right. It's it has to be something that's from your library going directly into the graveyard. So. Right. Um. I mean, very powerful effect. It's it's not the type of effect I would generally say is completely broken and degenerate, though. No. You know? Which yes. is a great thing, a great place for a commander to be. Like, yeah. Sadisi doesn't feel like one of those commanders, and we've talked about a number of commanders that are super powerful and people come after you right away. This feels like a fair commander. Would you agree, b Uh I,
2: On paper, yes.
0: Now... Now, now BDM went and tried to break her. <laughs> yeah. The thing I love about this is actually when Marshall was describing the deck to me, he's like, you got to talk about this deck I helped him build. Um, he actually called... He didn't even... He didn't even say the word Sadisi. He just said the spider spawning, which is a sorcery. Here, you want to read it, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, spider spawning. It's four green. It's from Innistrad, and there was a draft deck that... BDM is the... Uh, I don't know. Are you the inventor of it, or at least you're the main champion of it? Yeah, I think you uh, and LSV rode I
0: about really around the same time. For,
2: I mean, I think I think a handful of people knew, You know, were drafting the deck. I know Sam Black was certainly drafting it.
0: Sam Black, who's that? Uh, BDM, you invented it.
2: <laughs> Louis, Louis Scott Vargas. I mean, Who are these people? It yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they are they are tour history, I am, yeah. I That's true. history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so spider spawning is four and a green for a sorcery and it's put a one two green spider creature token with reach onto the battlefield for each creature card in your graveyard and you can flash it back for six and a black which is uh two more than its original casting cost so the fact that this is called the Spider Spawning deck
0: at least by Marshall and I assume by you also BDM, <laughs> yeah. is like I th- is my favorite thing about it because it's it's I mean you built an EDH deck around a sorcery. Yeah. It's the coolest <laughs> so thing ever.
2: We we were talking about this deck for a while.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
2: I was like I was like man, you know like every time I pl- I played Spider Spawning in standard
1: mm-hmm. when it was legal, uh-huh.
2: Uh, you know, I've, 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 was it good? I've played, oh yeah, it was, it was really good. I mean, <laughs> honestly, the primeval Titans and the frost Titans were probably the real stars. Yeah. yeah, well, but, Definitely.
0: Jeez. But not uh, in your head.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it, it was just, you know, I just, it's just a card I really love. And uh, we were talking about it for a while. And we we're like, I don't know who the commander is. And we were talking about the different, you know, bug commanders. Cause Saltai mm-hmm. wasn't a word at wasn't the time. Yet. Mm-hmm and uh and then when C D C came out i was like i'm i'm just doing it
0: that's it and, yeah uh, it's almost like somebody at wizards like bugged the room you guys were in <laughs> or like they, bdm they, and... is that an
1: unintentional pun i like it <laughs> yeah
2: it's it's definitely believe me they they don't want to give me more good cards to play with they, 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 that's 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 that is definitely the opposite of their goal
0: <laughs> so can you talk about some of the issues you know when you're constructing an edh deck around something that's not a you know a legendary creature i mean you know Mm cc's great but spider spawning was where the idea came from like right just is a vehicle for that and she she does she synergizes but anyway go ahead VM.
2: yeah i mean what's really sweet about it is uh because it has flashback i mean this Mm -hmm. is what made the card so cool in innistrad Mm -hmm. was you didn't need to draw the card right Mm -hmm. You know, you you could virtually draw the card by getting it into your graveyard. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if you build your whole deck around all these ways of kind of you know casting mulch and casting trackers instinct and stuff casting that puts stuff in your alchemy, graveyard. Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: Um. You know, look, looking looking just through some of the cards, forbidden alchemy.
0: It's almost like
1: um, all those cards turn into card draw. Yeah.
2: Right. When you when you
1: start treating your bin as a second hand, then you are truly attaining the most value.
2: (laughs) Right, and so so then you start thinking about like you know what are the other things? Oh, I could play with an Eternal Witness. I could play with Oversold Cemetery.
1: Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know,
2: and you start you start building around from there. So like you know you want to get spells into your. I play with. I got to tell you the the MVP for me so far in this deck has been Gnaw to the
0: Bone. Gnaw to the Bone.
2: Not of the
0: bone. Okay, I'm going to read don't it. Real- ex-
2: people do not expect you to gain life in commander. Yeah, I'm going to yeah.
0: read it really quick cuz I did see it on your list and I thought it was a really interesting choice. Not to the bone is two and a green for an instant. It says you gain two life for each creature card in your graveyard. And then it has flashback for two and a green. So, wow, yeah, you could gain a ton of life at instant ah. speed twice. Twice,
2: uh, more than twice.
0: Yeah, because you can right. actually right. do it once, pull back to your hand, keep doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Well, I or I also have, you know, part of the big part of the the spider spawning combo was the card Runic Repetition, mm-hmm. which I play in this deck also, which says return target exiled card with flashback, uh,
1: to,
0: to your, hand. your hand, to your yeah. Hand. Yeah. That's... So you
2: can Runic Repetition those, you know, spider spawning or that, or if someone bogs you, or right. does something else, you know, like I, I... So
0: even graveyard hate doesn't just completely destroy you. It's You still can you win. have some outs, yeah. yeah.
2: Correct. It's difficult, but you can. I mean, th- yeah, I definitely have a couple of things built in. Um, I have uh, Rift Sweeper in for the same reason. Right. <laughs> Rift, Rift Sweeper is in case of emergency break glass card, because right. I can Rift <laughs> Sweeper Deadeye Navigator and then like start putting my start oh, putting right. all right just get these cards back, back. into, my, into yeah. my deck
0: oh that's really interesting i was yeah okay
1: rift. i didn't get that when i read when i when i was reading through the deck so i was like very rift good sweeper. insurance an and insurance. policy with yeah. some blank oh you want to read it jimmy yeah rift sweeper is just it, it was in modern masters actually I, yeah. I was about to draft it the other cuz i was like i might need this uh, it's a 2/2 creature when it enters the battlefield you can choose a target face up exiled card and its owner shuffles it into his or her library most of the times you're probably just using it for your own stuff in this uh, case
0: yeah i mean yeah. It's really created for suspend creatures, I think, but Mm -hmm. yes. But this—that's a really cool use of it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I've I've also done it with uh, Rift Sweeper and uh, Progenitor Mimic.
1: (laughs) Oh (laughs) wow! Much slower. Much slower, but
0: kind of awesome. turn. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty (laughs) awesome. Um, Okay, so let's talk about what this deck wants. I mean, obviously, it wants to get creature cards into the graveyard uh, because both Spider Spawning and Sidisi like that uh, from your library. So the first thing I would think is you want a lot of creatures.
2: Yeah, I'm playing 45. Yeah, so yeah, almost half number. of the
0: yeah, that's a lot, and actually kind of rare in EDH,
1: I'd say. Um,
0: yeah, super creature-heavy strategies are kind of weak to, to a lot of this, the things that are prevalent in the format. Yeah, like Anamar falls
1: under the yeah. exact same thing there.
0: Yeah, um, so it's a cool it's a cool choice and something that you know you you would think you
1: would see like really heavy creature decks more often, but you you actually don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you, just a high liability. But in a deck like this that's running a lot of recurrence, it's definitely something that doesn't it's 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 in it's something that you just wouldn't care about as much for right. good for good reason here. And one right, of the thing- and,
2: and you have a lot of cards that recover Right. You know, you know, people are like, Okay, you know, I'm gonna wrath, I'm gonna, you know, cast whatever. All these creatures are in the graveyard now.
0: That's actually good uh, for you. Uh, yeah.
2: That that can be that can be great. You're like, Oh, excellent. Well, I milled my spider spawning a few turns ago, so now I'm gonna make you know, 22 spiders, right? (laughs) Right. And like, people are going to leave you alone. They, they really can't do anything when you make, and because the spiders have reach, yeah, one two. It's really like the ma- the math is super difficult,
1: right? And yeah, you know, like
2: they're like, oh wait, I gotta attack with. The, I'll um, just attack, know, I'll attack the
1: guy that has yeah. one Voltron dude uh, over I'll there.
2: At- I'll attack Jimmy instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually I kind of like the beauty of spider spawning because in the limited format, just like five one twos or something is like, all right, game over. You're just gonna run them over at this point. In right. an EDH game, it's like, uh game move it somewhere else. I don't want to deal with that. It's not gonna kill me but i just don't want to deal with I it i just can't actually get through that yeah. yeah there it's it's this instead of one singular wall it's like a a 100 tiny walls <laughs> standing in my yeah. path so what i noticed is that you've got a lot of creatures
0: that are filling roles that we might otherwise use like artifacts or mm-hmm. uh, other spells to do a- beca- absolutely yeah because you want Sadisi to be able to you know put those into the graveyard and and make zombies at the very least and then turn those into spiders later mm-hmm. too um yeah. And yeah, that, I didn't
2: waste. I didn't waste any spots on a sol ring in this
0: deck. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one thing I noticed, which I thought was really smart because people are just gonna put that in every deck. And mm-hmm. well, we've had this discussion before. Where it's not Somebody's like, white always needs swords to plowshares. and I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like in in a lot of decks, I wouldn't do it. Like you know, and that's the same with this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't need. And also, you've got green, and all your ramps gonna come from creatures because you they're serving two purposes. Uh, I also noticed a lot of creatures that. That basically either want to be in your graveyard or they haven't entered the battlefield flag effect or they like cycle, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, or it says sacrifice this creature to have some effect. So basically, the creature literally wants to go to the graveyard one way or another.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot of uh, a lot of like dorky little ramp guys. You know, Borderland Ranger, Diligent Farmhand, mm-hmm. Sylvan mm-hmm. Ranger. You know that, that I don't. You know, I'm I'm happy to like again. You know, put those in front of an attacking creature early on. Right. You know, just sort of develop my board, and you know, I don't really, I just don't care what happens to them, and if they get, you know, I in fact, want them to get into my graveyard. Yeah.
1: Right. So, so you're definitely often playing not the beatdown uh, until you find it timely to do so in this deck, and I actually find that Sultai plays very similarly in Khan's drafting, where yeah, you you take a slower approach to the beginning, and you're just sort of getting things in place, getting the mana to do what you want, and you don't mind the trades if you're able to really get full value off of those as well.
2: Right. No, I, absolutely. I mean, I I I think one of the things people ignore, you know, they they always picture these dream draws where they're going to have their sol ring.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you right. know,
2: and like they they're just not thinking about how they're getting from you know to to four mana or five mana without a sol ring.
1: You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. You
2: know, they don't play enough ramp or enough uh you know, cards just to give them, like, this kind of smooth draw on the early turns. Yeah. If I don't cast something on the first three turns of a game in Commander, I feel terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, I really th- do. I, f- I just feel like I'm not developing my board. I just, I mean, I most of my decks have, have green in them for that reason. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy just, like, that velocity that you start to pick up from, yeah. from all the sort of ramp
1: creatures. And those cards are costed at those numbers between turns one and three for that very purpose as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's something we talk about um, often, which is I think the two
0: most important things in every every single commander deck literally does need uh, a certain amount of ramp and a certain mm-hmm. amount of card draw um, because of the nature of the format. Yeah, that's sort of the engine that's going to make almost every deck go. And um, well, I just want to highlight a couple of the cards. I thought cycling was really inspired um, as a choice that most people probably wouldn't think of for a deck like this. Um, you know, something like and Tusker. and Tusker yeah. is 5 and 2 green uh, for a 6-5, but it has cycling 2 and a green. And what cycling is, you pay two, you pay the cycling cost, in this case 2 and a green, and you can discard this card and draw a card. And and Tusker also says, when you cycle and Tusker, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal that card, put it into, into your hand, and then shuffle your library. So it replaces itself with a land and another card, and... It's a creature that's going into your graveyard. Yep. Now it yeah. doesn't
1: trigger Sidisi, but it triggers a lot of the other things that want your creatures in your graveyard. Yeah. yeah I, it's I, like this green divination, but you know one of the <laughs> cards is going to be a land, and you get to choose which one you want it to be. Yeah.
0: It's it's very it's very good choice. I, I thought when I saw all the cycling, I was like, wow, that's really smart. I, I think most people might come up with, well, let's have enter the battlefield effects and let's have something that sacrifices creatures. But I thought cycling was something that a lot of people probably wouldn't have thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was inspired. I really like that. Um, yeah, and the
2: base, the basic land cyclers, too, also also do that. You know, I have the,
0: right. the, the oh, yeah, three of
2: those guys.
0: Yeah, you've got like... Um, Jungle Weaver and right. uh, Shoreline Ranger. Shoreline Ranger, yeah. That was what I was yeah. thinking of from Conspiracy. And Twisted Abomination, recently, which conspiracy. is
2: just a shockingly good card in play. <laughs> Yeah, twisting, twisting what?
0: abomination, which is five and a black for a five three zombie, and you can pay one black to regenerate it, and it also has swamp cycling for two, which means pay two mana and go find a swamp. Um, that is regeneration is a super powerful effect in, uh, in commander because mm-hmm. it just it's not that it's just that they just attack somebody else. Yeah, that's what that says.
2: But but also how, how many wrath effects?
0: Yeah true. You,
2: yeah, true. You get to to regenerate from like true. It, it actually just becomes difficult. You know, people are like, oh, "All right, if I cast this, are you going to attack me, or will you attack
1: him?" <laughs> right, right. I'll,
2: I'll attack him. promise.
1: <laughs> you know, take like, you know, it,
2: it gives you this opportunity to make deals and sort of interact with the other players in the game. You yeah, know, like, true. Like, well, this is going to live through your your damnation. Right. Yep. Yep, or not probably not your damnation. I think damnation it says, says the same regenerate, You can't yeah. regenerate. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Supreme the other Verdict, ones, you know, there's, right. there's plenty of there's plenty of ways things you can regenerate. Yeah, that. exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's that or like soul of New Phyrexia. That's why that card was so so. Like I was just like, oh, commander, it's just built for it. You know, it's like it's the anti board wipe. Um, yeah. Regeneration has that equally, but you know, across. I did have a suggestion for what I call the ramp category BDM.
0: Yeah. It's Crocin Restorer, because we talked about this a couple episodes ago, and it's one of my over my favorite uh, sort of hidden gem over Performer cards. It's basically a Voyaging Seder. It costs one more, because um, you can tap it to untap a land. But if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, because it has Threshold, you can untap Ooh, three I lands. I forgot about
2: that card.
0: Yeah. To me, Threshold is was a mechanic that you might just... It, there may be some gems in the, thre- <laughs> in the Threshold area. Definitely. Um, just because you're dumping so much stuff into your yard anyway.
2: Yeah, no, that's I I I I had a Grizzly fate that was going in here oh, for yeah. a while because of threshold, mm-hmm. but I didn't th- I didn't think about Crozen restore that, that card's actually really sweet in here.
0: Yeah, and in commander, and I, I didn't look too closely at your lands, but you know if you have a, a couple lands that tap for more than one mana, the corrosion restore becomes like bonkers, oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Huge, yeah, because all of a sudden you yeah. it's your lands, creating five mana. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, I like to run a couple of untapped land effects like Crozen restore and a couple others, and just run like market festival just so that I can like. You Know just get 10 mana, you know, from I'm one. I'm pretty dude. sure you guys are cut from the same stone. I'm feeling, very, I'm feeling very simpatico with uh with VDM. Um, some of the card draw cards, one of the ones you mentioned
1: earlier, uh, Coiling Oracle, also one of my favorite cards, yeah. so
0: we're still simpatico. I uh, think Prime
1: Speaker Zagana must be just a, uh, a yeah. knockout punch in Prime this Speaker deck. Prime
0: Speaker Zagana is like a bonkers EDH
1: deck. Oh, absolutely. By itself. I mean, that yeah. card in, in so many different decks. Like that card in Animar is just like, get ready to draw.
0: So <laughs> let me read Coiling Oracle really quick. It's uh, just because we mentioned it earlier. It's a green and a blue for a 1 1 Snake Elf Druid. When Coiling Oracle comes into play, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it into play. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. So it's card draw with upside, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it
2: straddles ramp and card draw.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, Prime Speaker Zagana, and I actually I th- maybe I'll build a deck around this someday. It's a two, uh, two green, and two blue, so six total. Prime Speaker Zagana ends the battlefield, with x plus one plus one counters on it, where x is the greatest power among other creatures you control, and when it enters the battlefield, draw cards equal to its power. So you have a five-five out. You throw this guy out, you draw six cards because it starts as a one-one.
2: So. Yeah, it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, the amount of Aww, value. broken. Yeah, just I mean, I mean, even just casting this when you're only drawing three or four cards, it's still not bad. And then when right. you have the ability to bounce it, oh my gosh, get ready!
0: Bounce it, bring yeah, bring it back. Um, well, you've got Dead Eye Navigator still in this deck. That's pretty good. That's
1: pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that card's all right. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, no, and, and
2: Prime Speaker, it's also a great card. Like, sort of like the last card you play out of, like a you know, you sort of look at your hand, you make some plays you play that and you draw like four or five cards and then you don't have to play anything for a little right. You know you yeah you right. could mm-hmm. know, sit there and wait for the, you know, martial coup or the end hostilities or whatever someone's gonna do, and then you've you've restocked your hand and you're ready for the next wave of the game. I, I, I like the card, you know, it's not very good as a recovery after mm-hmm. a because you right. just draw the one. But
0: card it's good in preparation for a wrath. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, in some ways it's protection from a wrath, like, you know, because, yeah, again, you're just ready to reload. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, or you're reloaded already. Uh, card you mentioned earlier that also fits under card draw and also fits under another section that I called Cards That Put More Stuff in Your Graveyard. <laughs> Is the
1: Sultai Soothsayer from Cons? Uh, it's oh, two. Yeah. I draft this first if I could if I'm in Sultai. Oh my gosh, this card is. Open. You <laughs> tend to draft Sultai like crazy. It's always open, and BDM. I'm sure you'll attest to this too. It always seems to be it open. Is, it is always always open. Yeah. open, and it's just about whether or not you can get the right combination of cards to create the right. <sighs> yeah, you know, I'm not rhythm. a big Sultai fan. I don't like blocking
0: that much. This for anyway, whole different <laughs> discussion. Um, Sultai Soothsayer is two and Sultai. That is black, green, blue. Uh, it's a two five. When it when Soltai Susayer enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So it's just doing everything you want to do.
1: Yep.
2: Draw it, a card. It's everything. Yeah. It, it's, it's usually the best card. Like if you you know, it's it's the best reason to play a banner in Tarkir draft.
1: Like right.
2: If so you had, can you ramp the, right and, into you know, it. You can play mm-hmm. that guy on turn four mm-hmm. and you know, sort of turtle up behind that and you know you know, start setting up your graveyard and, and drawing, you know, finding the best card, you know, floating near the top of your deck. And your dealt yeah. cards
0: from there on out are just Your dead drop awesome. is, is yeah. half turned on at that point. Shoot, you can probably yeah. cast your, you can cast your dead drop the very next turn. Yeah. 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 That's, it is, it's an awesome card. And especially in this deck where, you know, it, it says look at, so it actually will uh, trigger to the DC, correct?
2: It does. It does trigger to DC. Yeah.
0: because yeah. you're not actually drawing those cards. You're just looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, another one is like an old timey favorite. He drawn crab. Heedron
1: crab. I, this is, I think, my favorite edition in this deck because it just so awesome. It it just does it. It's a it's a one drop. It's a blue. It's a zero two crab. It's got landfall. So whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into her their graveyard. Target yourself. Target yourself.
2: It is. It is always me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that that's also one of my favorite cards. Like I I love uh, playing any kind of like modern G deck with Hedron Crab and Vengevine and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, Riptide Biologist <laughs> and like, you know, all that crazy <laughs> stuff I love, I love Crab like my wallpaper on my iPad is <laughs> like a, 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 has an artifact Hadron crab <laughs> <laughs> and because, because i my opponent played like the Mycosynth lattice combo against me
1: so oh I have an yeah
2: artifact i have an artifact lotus cobra artifact birds of paradise oh wow uh artifact uh yeah just awesome
0: <laughs> yeah i, I uh, yeah I'm a, I'm a huge
1: fan <laughs> that's awesome
2: of uh of the crab
1: yeah, yeah. it's yeah. A, and it's a powerhouse in this deck i mean it's really an engine yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one that people don't expect and I feel like would not bother to waste any removal on, which I think is a huge oh. part of this deck too, which is like it feels
0: really bad to waste removal on a Hydra oh, yeah.
1: crab. It's just yeah. Like,
0: uh, do I want to it's use like this a f- card, a whole card on yeah. that O2? I don't know. I'm gonna wait till I have a wrath in my hand. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, and you just and you and like you said earlier, it feels like you're drawing cards. Like if you have all this stuff that you want in your yard, and especially if you have an eternal witness or I mean, oversold cemetery might be
0: Oh yeah, the best We're gonna... card,
2: it might be the best card in the deck.
0: Well, let's move on to the next category that I call cards that care
1: if stuff is in your graveyard. All right. Well, let's start with the all-star. Let's then. start with
0: Oversold Cemetery,
1: a card that, by the way, I got was so stoked to use, and then I thought about it and went. I don't have decks that support this until it's too late. <laughs> but this deck, ooh, Hedron Crab, it's already it's on already on turn three. Uh Oversold yeah. Cemeteries, it's one in a black for an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. If you have four or more creature cards in your graveyard, you may return creature card from your graveyard to your hand. One a turn. Yeah. Yeah, that's and crazy like, for two and mana. And it can be
2: innocent stuff, right? It can be the crows and Tusker. Mm-hmm. Right. It can be it can be a land cycler. Like you could just be developing your your board.
0: Yeah, Sakura Tribe keep Elder cycling, or something. You yeah. Just keep doing Sakura it.
2: Tribe Elder, I've done that. Yavimaya right. Granger, all, all cards that are doing doing that effect. Uh, you can also play Oath of Goals uh, if you wanted two of them. Uh, Oath of Goals has a has a very similar effect. Um yeah. Although it it your other other players at the table get to sort of use Oath of Ghouls sometimes.
1: Right. So it's that now Oath of Ghouls affects each player's upkeep, and if there are more creatures in that player's graveyard than in a target opponent's graveyard, then they can do the same effect. They'll
0: never have more creatures in the graveyard than you
1: will, though. So True, they but they can choose the someone else. Oh god. Yeah. Can, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird.
2: Like you're gonna always get to do what you want to do.
1: But, right. But a couple of. But other sometimes
2: someone else will get to do what they want to do also, which is a little. Right, right. You know, unpleasing.
1: <laughs> right. So it's
0: just a matter of whether or not I don't, you I do I actually these then. are the type of cards I love, which is like I'm taking maximum advantage of it and mm-hmm. they'll get right. some residual yeah, value exactly. from it. But that I'm fine with that. Like yeah, I, I, collateral I value. A, I have a feeling it's gonna make its way into this deck. Yeah, it seems it seems pretty awesome. Um yeah. Another card that cares, and I didn't actually know about this card uh, until I saw it on your list, is Kessig Cage Breakers. Oh, this thing yeah. seems ridiculous. <laughs> when I read that, song, I was like, what? Uh, Kessig, Kessig Cage Breakers. Boy, I'm, I hope you don't have to say that one on coverage. That's actually hard to say. It is difficult. It's uh, four and a green for a 3-4 human rogue. It says whenever it attacks, put a 2-2 green wolf creature token onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking for each creature card in your graveyard.
2: Yeah, what? It's, it is. It is. It is the best. Like someone casts their board sweeper, and you're like, untap. Cast the cage breakers, go. And you just, <laughs> you just look at the table, you're and like, every single person is just staring at you, going,
0: like, "If somebody can't what, kill that, we're all dead."
2: What deal can I make so he won't attack me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that
1: that card is ridiculous. It's it seems pretty um. I don't think these Kessig cage ever imagined they'd be unleashing this many wolves into the no. world. <laughs> yeah, that is I, broken. That's great. I mean, you could
0: I could see easily see
1: scenarios where you're yeah, that happens and you're attacking and killing two players yeah. on the very next turn. Would that be an all star in the uh, Spire spying draft deck? I think
2: it, that, well yes. It, well it was it was in the same format. You would yeah, you would right. have that card. You could in have there that chance.
1: Yeah. 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 That's uh yeah.
2: Yeah. and you can definitely kill two people with it.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah,
2: that's definitely happened.
0: <laughs> Man, I I missed Innistrad draft. I didn't get to draft it. Uh, I think I dropped it one time, and uh, it, this was before you know, anybody it, knew that it, that deck existed—the spider Spawning deck. So yeah,
2: once everyone knew the deck was out there, and it, that's like every—that's like the romantic quest that everybody yeah. has <laughs> yeah. when they sit down at a table. They're like, so maybe really, this really is hard the time. For it
1: to yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a question I had was, uh, I'm I'm assuming. Well, yeah, you know about this card, so you must have chosen not to put it in. But Sultai Ascendancy seems like a card that would be good in this deck.
2: Yeah, I I, I love Sultai Ascendancy. I I just
0: I didn't don't, do enough. I mean, so two cards not slow. enough, maybe.
2: I, so I need like forty five. I need I need these like forty five creatures. I want forty mm-hmm. lands in the deck because I don't have.
0: So it's literally any... like, what non creature do you have to take out for it?
2: Correct. Yeah, and, that and makes it, sense. it's it's difficult. Like my my spell suite is, is really pretty tight. Like it would end up being one of the. Like combo pieces that, like Runic Repetition or Memories Journey, mm-hmm. but I I don't want to give those up.
0: Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so, makes sense. Yeah. So it's
2: so it's it's difficult, and there's there's some other stuff that still needs to find its way into the deck. Right. So like Ascendancy, I, I can already do what Salty Ascendancy does for me, and a lot of the times, uh, I'm just like milling the top two cards like of my library anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I like, I, I, like, you don't I, find yourself like in
0: to, the position where the yeah. deck is not managing to put cards in the graveyard,
1: basically. I could also it's, see that it's pretty difficult. Yeah. Being deck. restricted to the upkeep specifically can sometimes actually be something that you don't want. You know, if you want triggers to happen in a certain order at a certain point of the turn, you know.
2: Right. And remember, yeah, right. I have Mystical Tutor and Vampiric Tutor. So you can go find so, all the stuff mm-hmm. you need. Yeah. So I want to find some cards. And, it's, 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 it's a solid card. I could easily see a version of this deck that had it. Um, it just it just, it just, just didn't make the cut for me. It was certainly in that stack of 200 cards right. at one point.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, so the next category I called buff your tokens. <laughs> and yeah. and this is the category normally we would see um, non-creatures. Um, but you've got some really cool creature-based ones. Crater Hoof Behemoth, we've talked about many times yeah, on the podcast. That's sort of the go-to one that everybody would use. Yeah. Um, I'll read it really quick. It's five and three green for a 5-5 beast with haste. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and plus X plus X, where X is the number of creatures you control. So it's it's an instant win, we've talked about you, it many times yeah, yeah. It, every token deck that has green pretty much uses this but you've got two other ones on here that we don't see as often which i thought were really cool
1: yeah first up master biomancer who is also just yeah. an all-star in an animal deck i love it because this deck actually shares a lot of ties with the Animar deck and being creature heavy and ready to just go full out um It's two for, uh, two of green and a blue, and each other creature you control enters the battlefield with a number of additional plus one plus encounters on it, equal to Master Battlemancer's power and as a mutant in addition to its other types. And he's a 2-4. If you find a way to buff him, then each creature, you know, gets significantly larger when they come in, but when you're making 30 spiders and they're all plus two, plus two, that oftentimes is quite enough.
2: I, I, I've I've definitely progenitor mimicked a master biomancer, <laughs> Oh, my and so God. that definitely gets out of hand because the next bi- master biomancer comes in as a four, four six, right? And then, right. The, and one then is... the one after that. And oh, it's so
1: exponential. On. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. So oh, it gets, that is it gets awesome. Crazy. Uh, yeah, if you can copy a master biomancer, fun fun stuff happens.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fun absolutely. fun ensues. Hilarity <laughs> yeah. ensues. Uh, yeah. That's one word for it. <laughs> Um, and I, I think my favorite actually is Essence of the Wild, uh, three and three green for a six six. Creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of Essence of the Wild. So simple. It's so simple. Yeah, it's, they it's... just all
0: enter the battlefield as six sixes. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, another, the math is car... easy. The math is six plus six. You're dead.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's another card that that actually comes out of that that draft format.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: And uh, you know you would do you know when you got to do that with your spider tokens, you know when you get to cast. Twelve six sixes they're,
0: with they're, your with it, your
2: spider spawning.
0: That sounds like EDH, but you're actually talking about uh, draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's,
2: well, you do
1: both. <laughs> right. You. But this is a myth. This is a a mythic. I mean, you would need. It would be. Need, it would. Yeah. It'd have to be a a first pick, maybe in pack one. Who knows? But it, I mean, you pack essence, one. Pack one essence of pick one out so awesome. The ta-
2: really? Ask would go around the table in that draft format. Yeah.
1: Oh wow. I guess the, the triple green is pretty limiting, um, yeah. t- especially if but, you're but it wouldn't go around you, right, BDM? You'd take it in and just <laughs> no, force spiders corner. One might like, oh, yeah. say it was actually making its way around to you. <laughs> That's I, what it was doing. I def- there, was the,
2: there was the guy who made uh, Vampire token. I forget what that card was now. Bloodline bloodline something. Bloodline Keeper.
1: Yeah. Bloodline
2: Keeper, yeah. So I'm tapping Bloodline Keeper to make six sixes every turn. <laughs>
1: That is pretty fantastic. You know, I'm
2: spider spawning six sixes into play. <laughs> I've Kessig Cage Breakers with that guy.
0: Oh, oh my geez. gosh, yeah. See, that's the great thing about these is they really double up with your with your spider spawning your Kessig. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that's pretty insane. Um I have a yeah. question. And though. one
2: card you didn't list there that, that also uh. has been has been amazing for me, and maybe wasn't on the list that I sent you, but it's been maybe a new addition, is uh Beastmaster Ascension.
1: Oh, yes, Beastmaster Ascension is, that is an all-star card. I I think this is one of the, uh, if you're playing green in EDH, you should always be looking at this card and just decide whether or not you need it in your deck. Yeah. If it's a creature-based strategy, then you definitely need it. Yeah, absolutely. It's
2: it's challenging if you're not going to, like, turn it on the turn you play it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you really want to be able to play it and know that you're just attacking with more than seven more creatures. More than seven right. creatures,
1: yeah, absolutely. Which
2: can be difficult to do in commander for for, for some decks. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're if you're anything that's token based in green, yeah, I I think you want it in there because you can really steal some games with it. Yeah, me, uh,
0: well, because it's kind of like an overrun that only costs three, right? It's a it's a two and a green for an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, you may put a quest counter on beastmaster ascension as long as beastmaster ascension has seven or more quest counters on it creatures you control get plus five plus five so you can literally drop it attack with seven or more creatures and they're all plus five plus
1: five yeah absolutely that's Um, gonna
0: end a lot of games really quick
1: yeah Yeah, one question i had actually that seems like the win condition in this is pretty uh it's pretty straightforward, right? It's it's an overrun at the right times and sort of being able to come out nowhere with something like Crater Hoof or Master Biomancer and just, just get in for enough damage. Do you find that it is particularly weak to certain strategies? I mean, we're definitely going to talk about how to fight the deck later, but it, are, are there other more inventive ways outside of... I mean, have you found yourself being forced into a different win condition?
2: Not, not quite yet. I mean, like... Um... You know, like you can play a fair game where you don't, you know, where you just are, you, know, you get a wonder in your graveyard, and you're able to sort of, you you just have more creatures than people, and if they're not uh, wiping the board, you're gonna, you're just gonna have be able to, you know, get pick your fights,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
2: you know, you can you can win on a, on, a, on a fairly fair basis.
0: Yeah, just by uh, dinging them for five, six here and yeah, there. Yeah, you get right. in,
2: you're like make some spiders. The spiders will block. You know, they'll sort of hold down the ground, I'll attack, I'll gain some life with Nod of the Bone. Like, you can play that sort of Farish game, mm-hmm. but you can also play that very all-in game where you're like, oh, okay, uh, it's turn six, I'm going to cast, uh, I'm going to play a Gaea's Cradle, I'm going to cast Crater Hoof Behemoth, you know, I've got, right. you know, six zombie tokens, a CDC, and two, like, little... You know, pooper elf things,
1: and that, but that's gonna be enough, yeah. And
2: that's that's gonna be enough, yeah. My
1: mana elves are going to murder you this turn.
0: Yeah. They all have plus five, plus five, or whatever. Yeah, they
1: yeah. will. Uh, I like that. I like that. Also, I think a lot of decks when you're building them should have that "quote unquote" flexibility in there, even though it feels weak in a way. You're it a lot of times you're actually just sort of playing a more quote-unquote regular game of magic with a sort of back and forth of life total slowly dropping, maybe not all at once, or because someone goes infinite, but you're doing something that actually mitigates someone's anger at you because you're not putting someone at a dangerously low level or showing you know, this incredibly strong scenario that you're going to win with.
0: Yeah. I, I like this deck uh, because we talk about this all the time too, which is uh, it, it seems like Sidisi's good, but you actually don't need her so it's no. That's the it's a you know a lot of decks can handle like the really strong commander, but right. But it's it's harder to stop a deck that really could give or take its general. Like it, you know, if the general's out, it's great. If it's not, I'm still doing cool stuff, and I'm mm-hmm. I can still beat you, and that makes it you know a lot harder to attack it because a lot of a lot of sort of defensive packages are sort of pointed at, like, I'm going to tuck their general, or I'm going to stop it from coming out, or I'm just going to be able to kill it or whatever. But that doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that it does nothing. Right. It just...
2: And, and and you've already gotten your value out of CDC once it comes into play. Right,
0: exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Once she comes into play, and you've, you've, like, milled some cards and maybe gotten a token, like, the thing is, you really just want to get that chain going where you're digging. So, you know, you hit you hit a Forbidden Alchemy, or you hit right. a Tracker's Instinct that you can flash back, or you know you've got a knot of the Bone there that you can bring back at some point. Right. Yeah. you yeah. know it it, it it starts to uh you know even even one you know even you know, they're like okay Kelly you're like okay play my six men and replay it you mm-hmm. know and just like you don't really care about whether or not CDC gets through you know like you you just want to just start working on your yard
1: yeah
0: yeah I think that's really powerful in this format and people don't build their decks that way enough which is you know that yeah the, the, the commander's good that does stuff but I you know, it's not like, without that, I'm just done. Yeah. Correct. Right. Um, I wanted to move on to some cards that you may not think of, which is usually my favorite section for all decks we <laughs> talk
1: about. Yeah, this um, is the one I, I think people will listen, when we get to this section, it's always like, tell me more. <laughs> and, and I should have
0: put cycling, cards with cycling, yeah. under this. Sure. Uh, this area, but, you know. We we got excited and talked about him earlier, or I did. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, the first card that we never ever talk about, and you would never think of because we don't <laughs> like this card on the show, and we never we talk never about talk it about ever is Profit
1: of Crew Fix. Oh boy, which what I think we host. actually managed
0: to go uh, two or three episodes without talking about this card. So I thought about it though. People <laughs> I may have forgotten I
1: about it. I may have not talked about it, but it definitely was in my mind.
0: Uh, this card is so awesome. It's, it's one of my favorite cards. Yeah. Um, For
1: posterity's sake, you get to untap everything, uh, creatures and lands specifically during each other player's untap step. In you can cast your creature cards as though they had flash, so because welcome, it wasn't powerful enough just untapping tapping your stuff, right? You, know, you have to also be able to cast it. At you got yeah, you know, otherwise it would not be powerful. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh,
2: card, the cards actually underperformed a little bit, I think, in this stack.
1: I can understand why because you're you often have a hand that is not necessarily one that you need to be dumping onto the table, and everything is how dare you be ha- more happily in the graveyard. How yeah. dare you?
2: No, how, I dare, mean, believe, how dare I, you? I, profit, <laughs> profit is in my... My Momir
0: deck. Don't talk. Oh bad and, about and, profit. of and oh, it yeah. is. It
2: is. Oh please, I have four <laughs> alternate art foil profit crew fixes. I went out and bought four All right.
1: of those okay. Clash decks. Those are so I could beautiful. Put one in every deck.
2: Okay,
1: yeah. I forgive you then. I'm with you on that. We're talking one. bad about her that one time. I just want to see this card in standard. Come on, let's make it happen, guys. It was. Well, not it right is. now. Oh, you mean used? Used. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely in standard. But. It's five mana for a two-three. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, look at the ability. Every other. Oh wait, oh, there's only
0: one other player. I'm there gonna cast go. that. But the turn before that, my opponent casts Siege Rhino. So now what happens?
1: Uh, you know, you just cry. <laughs> you,
2: that's why. That's why you've got to just play Rhino as yourself.
1: There you it's go. Just flash them in. Flash yeah, him flash them in. in. Yeah. four color good, good stuff. I'm waiting for the Sultai plus Absinthe deck. You. I think it's there. I th- th- think it's coming. That's
2: where all my drafts end up, right? Like every time you draft Sultai, you just end up Sultai with Abzan, you like all right. Yeah,
1: you know. right, yeah. It's like sure. I'll splash white for this for this. <laughs> I've got these Abzan right guides. Sure. <laughs> got this Dune
2: Blast, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. That's why. It's like I just splash whatever for Dune Blast. Yeah. I'll splash three colors for Dune Blast if I really have to.
0: <laughs> a card we haven't talked about I don't think ever before but we should have is Ancient Ziggurat. Yeah, now this is a great card for a creature-based decks And people are always asking like I want to make just the lands are, you know, hard to acquire for mm-hmm. people. This is not an expensive land. Um you it, know, people are always asking, like, how do I build my mana bases cheaply because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to spend $100 on every dual land and, and, you know, it's really
1: daunting. So here's a card you can use. Yeah, Ancient Ziggurat just adds mana of any color, but you can only use it to cast creature spells. Yeah. And this deck, clearly, it's an all-star.
2: I mean, it can can be a difficult card to use in a lot of commander decks.
1: Mm -hmm. But this one's half creatures, so. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and again, it's, uh, it's great if you really want to cast your commander um on, turn, on three, time, turn, yeah. you know, turn three turn four you know you're like i just want to be able to cast my commander and get my deck going yeah it's right. perfect because especially with those three color commanders you know you're just it's going to give you whatever mana you need you're like oh, i have this duel i have this okay i need just need oh, one okay. more yeah ancient ziggurat
0: yeah, set until some jerk plays a blood moon yeah well yeah well we don't I'm looking right at jimmy jerks
1: <laughs> I, I do have magazine
2: josh <laughs>
1: i do have both of them in my red deck just yeah, i know you do yeah okay. but I, I actively mull him away i'm saying it i do it i do the, the thing that you shouldn't do see i'm actually medding him out right now it's true yeah
0: but trust me that
1: that card's not going anywhere josh and i will play it against you if i'm playing you
0: and the next card moving on um because i don't want to talk about blood boon anymore <laughs> is you know what this card I don't understand like why we don't see it more often. I feel like I, this card I, should be everywhere all the time. And literally, I don't. I think I've seen one ever. Uh, Progenitor mimic. Yeah. And you've talked lo- about it, BDM. Uh, yeah. I he-
2: love this card. It does so much. And you know, it you can play it fair, right? You can just be like, oh, I'm just gonna play this on my wood elves.
1: Yeah. Right. You just know, ramp, ramp, and ramp. just
2: wood elves every turn.
1: Quote unquote fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair, right? Yeah, this is on the fairest, at uh, the fair scale. Like it's on the fair area, but it's still, yeah. Do you want to read it really quick to me? Yes, Progenitor Mimic is four—a green and a blue. And I think that might actually be part of it. It's, it is six mana, so there's a little. But
0: it's crazy. Vasu... It's... Never mind. It Go is. Ahead. It is. Just you right. may
1: have Progenitor Mimic enter the battlefield that's a copy of any creature, except it gains the uh, ability at the beginning of your upkeep. If this creature isn't a token, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of this creature. So it Oof. just keeps. It just, making them Progenitor Mimic himself creates a new version of it, but the versions that he creates don't do it because they're tokens. So Progenitor Mimic is just sitting there spitting out copies of himself every single turn.
2: Yeah. So like what I was talking about Master Biomancer earlier. You know, so if those creatures awesome. have entered the battlefield abilities or you know, those things still trigger. Yeah. Right. You know, like if you if you, you know, you I know you guys are talking about wanting to see a Mold drifter in this deck earlier. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. We were talking offline. You know, if you progenitor mimic your mold drifter.
0: You just draw. You would
2: just get a mold drifter every turn, and Definitely. you would draw two cards.
0: Yeah. So you're just making a two do fire and drawing two cards every turn. Doesn't that sound awesome, VDM? That does sound pretty awesome. It does, it does sound pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Especially when <laughs> I may have talked
2: f- myself into a mold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think my first question whenever I build an EDH deck is: Can I put mold drifter in this yeah.
1: deck? <laughs> When I've drafted Modern Masters on recently, every time I see a Moldrafter come down, Moldrafter come down, I'm like, why, why didn't it come to me? I, <laughs> I draft it on general principle, no matter what color I'm in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just take it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, perfectly reasonable. Perfectly yep. reasonable. Pack yeah. three,
1: pick one. I'm I'm Red White Giants. Don't care taking Moldrafter. <laughs> don't care. Hey man, the Giants need a friend in the air because they don't have much going on. Yeah, up there. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't cast him. I just I just want another one. Yeah. Uh, Josh, let's talk about some cards that you may not think of. Suggestions, actually, this first one, Deadbridge Chant, uh, is interesting, and I actually I don't know if I necessarily agree with this one here.
0: Yeah, I was just you know. Just free. I mean, I'm, just free, I'm just freelancing for free I mean,
1: it is pretty sweet. It well, kind you, of has, got, you got to think about... Okay, go ahead, Read. Okay, Debri's Chant for a green and a black for an enchantment. So that some small tick off it because of this deck is, is really aiming for creatures. But when it enters the battlefield, put the top 10 cards of your library into your graveyard. So That's ding, right. ding, 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 ding. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose a card at random in your graveyard. If it's a creature card, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put it into your hand. Otherwise, put it into your hand. That's yes. Yeah, that's,
0: that's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Yes. It's First of all, it mills 10 cards for you. So yeah. you, you want that. Second of all, it just starts putting stuff directly onto the battlefield of its creature mm-hmm. or into your hand if it's not.
1: See, now, I would totally run this if this deck had, for instance, three to four Delve cards in there so that you could why? have Desperate oh, Chance in and be like, don't all right, I don't, I don't need to have seven lands in here. I'll go down to uh, one, why you do know. Y-
2: we're, worth noting that there's a treasure cruise in the deck uh, you a foily
0: one at. a foily one he told I, me about it yeah i
2: wanna i want a foil treasure cruise at a draft while nice. i was in, in nice and it went right in the deck
0: oh I yeah i don't yeah. know what yeah.
2: came out for it i wasn't paying attention it's
0: an <laughs> it's in this deck it's just, actually just straight up ancestral recall yeah, like it's
1: not it a really treasure cruise. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly you yeah, you yeah, may even just taken so, cdc out so for good it good you have no idea i
2: might be adding dig
1: through time i would i would yeah shortly
2: yeah and probably as a result because i I didn't know actually until recently that you can snapcaster mage and oh and delve
1: delve? yeah because you're casting a a
2: snapcaster mage in the deck oh
1: man yep yep because i mean you only have you know 10 instants and sorceries in here but being able to just put any of those back especially if it is you know the one and only (laughs) treasure cruise it's yeah 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 it's great uh oh man snapcaster with
0: yeah do that. I'm in, I'm I'm on board for that. Um Okay, let's move on to some what I call quote unquote trap cards or cards people might think would go in a deck like this, and maybe
1: we don't like so much. <laughs> I love the second one on the list. I'm yeah.
0: Not... <laughs> well, I'll talk about the first one for, first because the first card I would think of generally for a deck like this, which is like animate dead,
1: yeah, or reanimate things that just get graveyard sure. onto the battlefield, right? Yeah,
0: because what you're doing is you can cheat something into play like long before you could actually play it. Although, you know, that's the reason I think it's sort of a trap card is you don't have like. This isn't the type of deck that has like a whole bunch of high casting cost stuff. It's not mm-hmm. putting Terastodon into the into the right, yard, right, You know, right. Which like is...
2: I'm not I'm not scared if my opponent briberies me.
0: Right, because <laughs> they're like, you get a Wood Elves, you get yeah, you yeah. get the middle of like, the top yeah, there's five there's cards some... of your library. Congrats. I don't know if they got a profit of crew fix. I might be a little scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you I mean
2: sure. No, <laughs> yeah, it's there's not. There's some cards that are. But you know nothing that like if it hits the hits the battlefield, I'm going to die. Right. And so if you don't, if you're not terrified of bribery,
0: then you don't want you animate.
2: Probably dead. don't want animate deck.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, another one, just because it's recent, uh, Tigham scheming, which just seems like this card's just bad. But Yeah. and it is. But because if it doesn't work in this deck, it's probably you shouldn't play it ever. All it needs to say is say draw a card at the end of it to make it any <laughs> any it play. playable. Well, that that's really what's holding it back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's a new card. It's what is an instant for one and a blue. Yeah. Look you, at the top five cards of your library. Put uh, back, back, back any in any order, order or any into graveyard. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it seems like it'd be good. To be like, oh, I can fix the the next turns I'm going to be taking. But you know, you, ultimately, you're doing something that doesn't directly impact the board usually, and it doesn't draw a card. Yeah.
2: As someone who's first picked mulch
0: more yeah, right, than any right. human
2: <laughs> in the history of Magic.
0: Like if you don't like this card, nobody <laughs> will. Right. Correct.
2: <laughs> If I have not played this card ever, then it is probably <laughs> it's probably not what you want to be doing. Yeah. I, I I always want to play it. I, I'm always like, oh man, it'd be so sweet. I get to like sort of mystical tutor through the top five cards of my deck to find my dead drop. Yep. I put five cards in my graveyard total. You know this will be sweet. I I can't I can't bring myself to do it. it's. Yeah. I just can't bring myself to play a card that then ends up with me not drawing a card.
1: Yeah, right, yeah.
2: That, that ends up not giving me any kind of advancement of the board or just, like, parity with my hand.
1: Yeah, especially so. if you're It just doesn't do enough. It doesn't do enough, yeah. yeah. And when it does do something, it often is a turn too late when you want it yeah. to do something else, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: now, if you could... I don't know, I guess, I'm trying to think, like, it's, it's weird because you're like, is it a build around me? It's like, no, it's, it's just a not a card you would Just a bad, yeah. it's a bad card. Yeah. Just a bad card, yeah. What
2: they like to call a skill
1: tester. Yeah, yeah. there you go,
0: there you go. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the how to fight
1: this deck. I think the most obvious answer is Graveyard Hate.
2: Yeah, Anaphenza the foremost. Let Ooh, me tell you something. that's just
1: nasty. Yeah.
2: I, uh, it is Sidisi and Anaphenza. Anaphenza almost always wins in a fight. Yeah. I I'm, my friend Nate Nate plays an Anfaensa commander deck and I've oh, beaten him mean. I've beaten him once and I felt really really good about it.
1: You know, that's all you ever you only ever need to beat him once. You yeah. you have one. That that that's enough. Yeah. for people that don't know Anfaensa um set, oh, know she she costs abzon so it's a uh, black green and white and she is a 4/4 uh came out in Condu Tarkir of course. Is the con leader of the Obzon and what she does is essentially negate CDC uh, yeah. she takes everything that's on DC and just erases it with a with a white erase marker. Uh, so whenever she attacks, you a plus one plus one counter on another target tap creature control. Not that important. That doesn't matter it's, for it's if discussion. a creature card will be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead.
0: So yeah, creatures can't
1: go to your graveyard anymore, yeah. they just get exiled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so,
2: just it's just brutal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: that's pretty brutal. Uh, you know. I would be more worried about just general like i don't know scavenging oozes and death right shamans and stuff that Mm -hmm. people play you know pretty routinely sure um you know i guess those are not going to completely hose you because they're sort of doing things one at a time but still i can see that being a a pretty big issue for the deck
2: no no it it really is i mean that's one of the reasons i kind of call this an all-in deck
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know it's kind of like either i'm gonna i'm gonna do my thing or you know NFNs is one thing you're like, oh, he's playing NFN, an and I really can't play this deck right now, mm-hmm. you know, like right a, like I'm an just an gonna grab my Momir deck now, thank you, yeah, yeah <laughs> but but like you know i I like the idea like you know someone can like you know oh, you've got yep, you got a Bajuka bog, you know that right was, you know I, and you know and i i I've built the deck with with some sense that that's there, right I have the runic repetition I have. The the rift sweeper. I've got some. Yeah, two you've ways got some stuff start, for the exile right, yeah. to
1: get stuff back, yeah.
2: But it's 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 tough. You know, and it, I I enjoy that challenge. But the thing is you also, you know, you you can play your deck. You can say, Okay, I'm gonna put this many creatures into my graveyard, I'm gonna try to do something and you know, you can bajukabog me or and then I'll you know, I always have my commander here to yeah. sort of Get that going again. I don't need to have everything.
1: Yeah, but the deck I think of, of all decks finds a way because it's consistently doing the thing that you are, you may negate in one turn, but if it goes an extra three turns, you know you could find yourself at an equally advantageous position. I right. mean, you can you can literally
0: play around it by just playing smart, like you said, which is like maybe you just don't dump play all your stuff that dumps everything in the graveyard right. all at once. You know, maybe you just right. do some of it, and mm-hmm. then you say, "Well, is anybody going to on my graveyard?" You know, because yeah. I can. Yeah, and then. You always hold some stuff back in your hand, so
2: exactly yeah. right. It's that it's that sort of like uh, prime speaker thing we were talking about. Right. Like, you, know, yep. you just you just you just you know you gear up for round two.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Uh, the next thing I had down was um, just something that sort of works well against all token based decks, which is uh, board wipes. Yep. Um, but this deck actually, I would say, for a token deck, is sort of the most resilient to board wipes. Right. Because you know, even your creatures dying, you sort of want want them in your graveyard anyway. So, in some respects, they're actually helping you. And you said you had, you know, like Twisted Abomination and other things to deal with that. So, I can see how board wipes are not, you know, they're probably not the 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 thing you want to happen all the time. But they're not that scary.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. I anything that uh, also like if I have like an oversold cemetery, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you're gonna like. Uh a Chroma's vengeance, that becomes more annoying. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And my and my oversalt cemetery, that stinks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now the next category I think could be really bad, which is the ma- what I call the mass creature hate. So Yeah. And it is
1: a popular commander strategy to run sort of these cards in their I actually your prefer decks.
0: these to board wipes lately. Um, uh-huh. I feel like, well, maybe it's our play group, like you play Animar, and we've we've gone sort of more creature-heavy. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple token decks in our group, and so I've sort of switched out a lot of my board wipes for stuff like Propaganda, which is an enchantment that says if anybody wants to attack you, they have to pay two color yeah. lists
1: for each creature attacking you. And there are a lot of cards that do this across the colors, like Ghostly the, ghostly Prison is the, the white version The white of one. It. Yeah. There's stuff like... um Silent
0: Arbiter. Silent Arbiter says only one creature can attack or block each turn. mm mm-hmm. um, great and crawl space crawl space is an artifact that just says no more than two creatures can attack each turn like this type of stuff i could see being a, a, a problem yeah
2: yeah no yeah th- absolutely uh i'm really looking for you know um uh, brutalizer xr cassitic slime or like yeah. trigon predator at that point
0: uh uh-huh. just mm-hmm. get yeah to get rid of just that so and, I'm, it and i'm it's really a- reclamation sage a, like, maybe
2: kind of like those three cards.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but you've you got, know, you're got usually... you in black, you got tutors, and yeah, you're in exactly. green, you got creature tutors. Like, maybe, a,
1: maybe a tide Charm then. <laughs>
0: well, the great yeah. thing is, to, when somebody's running a propaganda type strategy against you, it's not actually stopping you from making those creatures, right? And right. they feel really right. safe. And so what you do is you just build all of your creatures, and then you go, boom, kill that thing, attack you, kill you. Okay. Yeah. yeah
2: or, or, or you do something with Cradle. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> all right, yeah, play my Crater Hoof Behemoth. Uh, you know, these. These guys are coming at you, and yeah. I'm gonna pay you with the propaganda. The rest of the guys are going yeah. this way. Yeah, it's
1: like only seven of my guys need to hit you. I still da- <laughs> have enough mana to kill you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. Yeah.
0: You just literally brute force through it. Yeah, I mean, I like it,
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I think propaganda cards like Ghostly Prison are there, and they're an interesting stopgap because they're a temporary dam. There's always yeah. it's yeah. going to get crossed at some point, um, and it's just finding out how to like aim your sort of acceleration to a point where you can do it without losing stride, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh-huh. the last thing I was I would say is like Torpor Orb type stuff because there's just so much uh, Enter the Battlefield shenanigans, right? Yeah, so, no,
2: I'm 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 screwed by that card.
0: <laughs> I hate Torpor Orb, I uh, really yeah. do. But you know, people play it and they should. It's a very good card. Yeah. It's and it's not. Yeah, I, as... I. Go ahead.
2: I I'm I have one out really to that, and that's Trigon Predator.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's my
2: only non Enter the Battlefield way
0: to another with
2: that card. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, because all your stuff wants to be creature based, mm-hmm. and it yeah. actually so it turns off all the stuff you normally would have to kill it. Right. Yeah. But I mean,
2: I can st- I can still get cards into my yard. I can still spider spawn. You know, you can oh. still like overwhelm someone. Yeah, it's someone. true. They're not. But it's,
0: it just slows you down to the point where it'll be annoying. Uh, anyway. Yeah,
1: and if it turns yeah, off, it's super
2: annoying. No, I I dread that card.
1: Yeah, yeah. like your creative team it just so becomes a five five for eight. It's like, all right, yeah, sweet. See yeah. you later. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's funny, still it a has taste. Yeah. I've had that happen with my, you know, we were talking about Essence of the Wild before, and sometimes Essence of the Wild has that same effect on your own cards.
0: Mm. Oh, you right. Know, it's it's yeah, like that's a little true.
2: tricky to get Essence of the Wild and to play at the right time. You know, your prime speaker is Dagana, well, it's in Essence of the Wild now. BDM. It's a vanilla
0: 6-6. <laughs> <laughs> BDM. We call that high-class problems. Yeah, yeah good, good problems, right? <laughs> oh, no, all my stuff's a 6-6. Six, six. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, so um, here's some ways not to try and fight this deck. It, this seems like it's always the number one on how not to fight the deck, and it's spot removal. Very often it seems like that, that doesn't work as well as you want it to, the one-for-one, one, you know
0: and yeah don't don't not put any spot removal in your decks people because jimmy said that but you don't no, need yeah. a ton of it yeah. you don't yeah and, exactly. and against this deck it's kind of absolutely pointless yeah um because like he said he doesn't care about sadisi being out or not mm-hmm. um and then there's I no, like it
2: to be out
0: right right yeah, yeah why not yeah but there's not like one linchpin thing that's that you need to kill to yeah for this deck to be offline sure. or online so um Control magic is another one. Like Control magic's type stuff can really hose some decks because if you take their commander, they're just done. Yeah, and yeah. oftentimes
1: if they can control magic, that's something that really synergizes with th- their deck that yeah. they just don't have access to in the colors, then that's even worse, you know? Um, and then tuck effects, which are normally very good, and we usually
0: put tuck into the other category of how to fight the deck for almost everything. But mm-hmm. for this deck, I feel like Tuck is just not that useful. Um, tucking Sidisi yeah. in won't really slow down the deck too much.
1: Like well, the said, deck finds a way, and I think that's the resilient part about it. Is and that... also,
0: the deck it has a toolbox aspect to it where mm-hmm. it's able to go find the answers it needs. Like you said, it's it's got access to black and green, which are really good at going to find you know whatever given card you need at that moment. So I feel like Tuck is just not going to work that, great, that good against it. Um yeah. All right. And then, so we always like to do the last section, which is how to counter their counters or how to counter their disruption, as it were. And you talked about
1: this earlier, Jimmy. Yeah, Sold in your Phyrexia. It's just, it, it is a card that works very well for token based strategies. Car- I mean, if you are really vulnerable to a board wipe, and this deck may not necessarily even need it because, like we said, board wipes aren't the end of the world for this deck. There's a lot of survivability past that. But right. you, you need a way, you know, like sometimes, like in, in your case, like even if it's like a fog or something, yeah. just that gives you that. Like constant mists. I actually is... really
0: like soul in this deck because it's good from your graveyard too. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's a big one. I so ca-
2: I kind of want, I kind of want, I kind of, I've been thinking about uh, s- multiple souls. Oh, of
0: Innistrad could be really good. Soul yeah. of
2: Ravnica, sweet. Yeah. Soul of Innistrad, super sweet in this deck.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Soul, but new for I think is probably the strongest because the one thing, the one, you know, you're gonna have that instant where you make all your stuff. And if they have Faded Retribution, you
1: know... Yeah, yeah. Save some mana up, yeah.
0: Yeah, and this deck can make mana. And like I said, it's already dumping stuff into its graveyard, so, Mm -hmm. you know, the soul doesn't even need to be out there. Yeah, it's going to get there. In fact, a lot of times you'd rather it's in your graveyard because it actually costs 10 mana to protect all your stuff. Or is it 11? If you're playing it from your hand, yeah, it's 6 and 5. Yeah, Yeah. but if it's in your graveyard, it only costs 5, so you'd almost rather it be in the graveyard because you don't care about having another creature. You're probably going to win anyway, yeah, so... Right, and I think...
2: I think I was talking about the idea of like adding worldly tutor to the deck, yeah. And then if you have like the the deranged assistant or a Milliken, which is another kind of way into the like river. you know your opponent can you know does something you can be like okay worldly tutor for soul of New Phyrexia, stick it in activate the activate my deranged assistant. Dude, mill, that's awesome! Yeah, mill my soul of New Phyrexia away, use and it. now activate and now use the ability.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's also a thing where people will forget it's in there because you could mill it with Sadisi on turn th- four. Yeah. And then, sure. you know, no turn one's 11, they're like, oh, God, well I'll save myself are. with Faded Retribution. And you're like, <laughs> no. People
2: are always yeah. asking, they're like, wait, what's in your, can you separate out your creatures? <laughs> like, your... Can you fan it out for me?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's hard, yeah, though. Yeah, if you're yeah. playing with five people, it's just going to happen sometimes where they're oh, just yeah, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I usually take the stance of, I'm just not going to bother until it really affects me. <laughs> and then
0: hope i have an out <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing i would say is yeah because of things like torpor orb and and you know there's a there's a few cards that stop enter the battlefield effects i think it wouldn't hurt to have like a one cross and grip or just one thing that's like you know literally but you said you had one answer to torpor orb. what was it trigon yeah I have, I have the trigon, oh, trigon, trigon. yeah I, I
2: but like it has to get through you, right one of you guys said saltite charm yeah,
1: yeah the Charm. Charm. I, I yeah. like
2: Saltite Charm a lot.
1: Yeah. Gotta love the options. There's always something nice about having options.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, okay, so we just wanted to uh, remind you to check out our sister podcast,
0: The Masters of Modern. Ooh la la. Yeah, uh, with Alex and Ben. It's uh, pretty cool. It's got more of a competitive stint to it. So mm-hmm. if you're looking to get into more competitive
1: magic or you're already involved in it, then it's a great place to go look. I know yeah. we've been ha- and it's not all just about modern either. Last week they talked about sort of good practices when you go into a competitive situation and, and how to really structure your mindset to you know not make mistakes when you're going 1v1. Can, so. I, can I
2: interest you guys in a, in a modern Hedron Crab where you cast treasure crews? <laughs> you on can, two, actually. It sounds tre- awesome. <laughs> t- turn two treasure crews off of uh, a fetch landed Hedron
0: Crab. Oh, my gosh. Hey, would you like to go on that podcast and uh, tell them all about it? I'm sure they'd yeah. love it.
1: That's I, amazing. I would, yeah, I would
2: love to. Or you go turn two, you could turn one uh, mental note, turn two, you go Hedron Crab, break a fetch land for uh, a green land, <laughs> and then cast a.
0: And, that, uh, hooting,
2: nah. mandrels and get two, back, hooting
0: mandrels, turn
2: <laughs> two hooting mandrels for one mana, and then get back to vengevines. You know, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's a pretty good that sounds, a like, good turn good, that sounds that's like a, a pretty good
1: that sounds like a very good turn yeah. too guys. <laughs> screw EDH, let's go break modern with heater and crab. <laughs>
0: it sounds like BDM already broke modern, yeah. Actually. There you
1: go, yeah. Um. um Hey, if you guys are listening to us, by the way, on iTunes, we'd love it if you guys would just go on there and toss up a review. Uh, it just helps the podcast get out into the world, and uh, we'll share, of course, our love with EDH with more people. Um, if, if you guys haven't even subscribed to iTunes, you should probably do that, too. I figure that's where most people are getting the uh, podcast, is that or through the website. But if you uh, don't know, we also have videos, um, if you go to RocketJump,
0: rocketjump.com, uh you can find the videos. You can actually see the cards while we talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it a lot easier. I mean, if you're in the car or something, obviously, well, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't watch videos watch. while you're. Boy, thank you, Captain. Obvious, Josh. <laughs> don't watch videos while you're driving the car. But if you know, if you're at home and you're listening to it, you know, it's actually mm-hmm. a lot easier to see the cards while we talk about. Them. It's a lot easier to follow along. So yeah, check that out. BDM, man, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it.
2: Um, oh, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, and thanks for you know all the content that you provide uh, mm-hmm. to the community. You know, geez, far and wide, all over. The, you're all over the place, and and I, I'm sure I'm speaking for everyone out there when we say we really appreciate it. And oh uh, yeah, definitely. You know, we we really look forward to all your stuff. So thank oh, you, thanks. thank you.
1: And uh, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Uh, so I have, uh, you know, I do a podcast, the Top Eight Magic Podcast, and we have a Facebook page for that. I have Top8Games is my Twitter account. Uh, You can always find me there. I'm pretty accessible. I love talking to people and talking about magic there. Uh, And, uh, you know, I have my weekly column on, on Daily MTG that's every Friday where we talk about, you know, people in the competitive magic scene and competitive magic in general.
1: Definitely, and of course, your Kickstarter as well, which we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and we'll have all of the links below on the podcast page and in the show notes. So make sure you guys check it out and follow BDM and follow us at Command Cast. We're doing giveaways and all sorts of good stuff all the time.
0: Definitely go check out the Kickstarter, Emerging Genesis. It's pretty sweet looking. I yeah, mean,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into it. So it's coming.
0: Yeah,
2: if you like multiplayer games, like if you know, it has, it has a very similar dynamic to mm-hmm. sitting around the table and you know beating up your friends with 99 card decks. I mean there's is, there is a a very similar kind of like oh wait if I attack Jimmy then Josh is going to kill me, you know. There nice. is there is a there is that sort of multiplayer dynamic which is pretty sweet. So
0: Sounds yeah, good to me. I think me. it would
1: definitely be appealing to uh, the same group of people. It looks awesome, so we're very yeah. excited for that. All right guys, well, we're hoping you're having a nice December. It's not too cold out where you are in the world. Oh, one more thing. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that we're not going to have an episode next week uh, right. because of the holidays, but we will be back in early January. So don't you know? Don't get worried. We're fine. <laughs> don't we're, get we're, cool. we're on the Pacific Northwest. There's not even snow there, so yeah. we're good. Instead of spending two hours listening to this podcast, go and find two friends and play a game of EDH instead. Go to Kickstarter. Give some money to Emergent Genesis. I don't absolutely know. do do other stuff. But don't, don't just do not do anything, but do something. Yeah, Draft
0: a spider spawning deck somewhere, somehow.
2: Oh. <laughs> no, no, don't. Let me have it. Yes,
0: <laughs>
1: yes. We'll be there if you're drafting, so you just let us know, guys. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, let's see you guys next time. Peace.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on
1: Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator.
0: Greetings, humans. (laughs)